Injured in a car accident? It's about money. Your money. Your settlement. We cap attorney's fees at 30% of the first million. Any recovery above that is all yours. No recovery? You pay no fees or costs. We strive to get you more at LawyerUp904.com. Everybody got their voice back? I have mine still. Yeah. yeah that's because I'm in the press box where there's no cheering allowed. I got mine back. Gibby, you got your voice back? So I told the, uh, my buddies I was with at the game, I'm so glad that tomorrow is Sunday because, yes. no, I would not have had my voice back if uh, the, the show was the next day. But, yeah, man, what a game. What a, what a night. What a sports night in Jacksonville. I was thinking about this. What happened? <laughs> <laughs> right. I was thinking of sports nights in Jacksonville. Okay. Uh, or days, whatever. There's a handful of Jaguar games, obviously, that jumped to the forefront. Morton Anderson missing the Chris Hudson. We talked about that the other day. The Buffalo win five years mm-hmm. ago was a was a you know, uh, I I like to call it the Ben Koyak game. Hayes, okay, crazy for Koyak. Um, so <laughs> I uh, all the ladies still are. <laughs> so I uh, but I'm trying to think. There's been some monumental Florida Georgia games. We've for talked sure. about all of those. There have been Super Bowl. There's a Super Bowl for sure, for sure. But as nights in Jacksonville go, because of how it played out, ooh, that one's up there, isn't it? I mean, I mean, I yeah. did you notice this? I was going to tweet because I thought they were going to lose. <clears throat> well, I, th- I think everybody did. If we're being honest, everybody went through a period there in that game. I mean, I, I'm look. I'll, let me be completely honest. I had already prepared in my mind that you know what? It was a great year. Nobody thought they were going to win eight games. Uh, they won five of their last six. I, I, my, I, I, six of their last nine. I was there. Were you there? You had to be there. Absolutely. Were you there? I was not there. You weren't. You were. I, because of how great Friday night was, Friday day yeah, and Friday yeah. night, I thought this team, and especially Somehow, the, the way that yeah. the Jaguars beat the Cowboys is what gave me faith. That I just, I kept watching the defense on the sidelines jumping around. Yeah. And I was like, they're not going to let the season yeah. end tonight. They're well, just not going to do Well, it. you were right. I, 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 but I was nervous as I'll get out. I had in my mind, uh, you know, the, I, I've told this story before. When the, the, the Werfel, the Doring, Doring's got a touchdown play. On that play, Larry Vitell and I are doing, getting ready to do the post game on the pay-per-view. And I had already convinced myself, okay, you know what? All's not lost. It's only three games in. There's a lot of season left. Um, you found a young quarterback. They, they both quarterbacks had a tough day. And as Larry and I are preparing that, the ball's in the air. And we made the about face. So I wasn't that that far this time. <clears throat> Excuse me, my voice is mostly back. But I will. But I will tell you that I I found myself thinking they they, they were going to lose. I, I at one point I thought they were going to lose. I I don't know if I told this story or not. I'll tell it on the air. And did you know that you, everyone? I say everyone by now. Many by now have seen the video of the call of us making the call. I love those. Did you notice we were standing up? Could you tell? Now that you say that, I. Yes. Do you notice? I actually just saw it, okay. so I'm okay. looking at it now. We're standing up. Yeah, you're never standing We're up. We're never standing oh, up. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We notice wherever sta- everyone's standing, okay? So, Baselli, right before that drive, says, I'm standing up. i got to change the mojo. So, Baselli stands up. Dave DeCantis <laughs> is hilarious. Right, right. <laughs> He's losing it. So, so Baselli says, I'm standing up. So, Log says, me too. So, I said, me too. So, Deneen's already standing, our spotter. And Dave's already standing, and Pat and Joe behind us. So we all stand up. We had not stood up the whole season. So we all stood up. Baselli stood up, so we're changing the mojo. I'm telling you, three minutes later, Josh Allen's in the end zone. We may never sit down again. I mean, <laughs> I can but, understand but that. I, but I, like, like someone said, I'm not superstitious, 
but I'm a little stitious. Yeah. And and the uh and and so that's what happened. That's why if you watch the video, if you want to know why we're all standing, that makes more sense. That's why we were all standing. I'm incredibly superstitious. Yeah. So I, I always get chips at halftime. I always get Cheetos at halftime. Yeah. Well, they didn't have Cheetos, so I wasn't gonna get any chips. Yeah. But then the Jaguars were losing, so I went, made sure go downstairs, get some Doritos, and the mojo changed. I made a change too. Yeah, what'd you? I change? moved from our. We moved from our seats. We're like, nope, we're going down somewhere yeah, else. There you go. And that was the middle of the fourth quarter. Here's the bottom line, the real bottom line of this, though, and I do believe this part: good teams find a way to win games. Sometimes you, you, you. It's easy to win with your A game or your A plus game. Didn't have, didn't play well. Trevor missed some throws. We all know that. Um, the defense it, it couldn't couldn't get them stopped uh, from time to time. They but the good teams find a way to win when it doesn't go well. Somebody makes a play. Something happens. Something unusual happens. And you ever notice when the good team does that, then the good breaks happen. Rayshon Jenkins made the play of all plays with an oblong ball. Josh Allen got the bounces of all bounces. That was a Sunday hop. That was a pick it up and throw it across for the out. Okay, that was the uh, and so. When you when you're a good team and you make enough of the right plays, you get the good hop. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think that tends to happen. The because uh, if he doesn't run it back, do you have confidence that the offense well, scores a touchdown? I, they might, you <laughs> know, no, yeah. right? So then yeah, you settle no. for the field goal, then you're going to overtime. Yeah, yeah, it, potentially. But, but but I will say this: if he runs it back to the twenty or whatever, then I think the Titans are tight. The Titans were loose the whole game until then, and there are a lot of storylines. The main so so I do think good teams. Find a way to make those plays. The, by the way, winning that way is really dr- miraculous now because that's one more that's one more thing you can say. Listen, whether the word's destiny or whatever it is, we are a team that finds out finds ways to win. The key to the game against Joshua Dobbs, the whole key to that game, you had to get him behind the sticks. Hayes. If if he could play, if it was going to be second and five all game, which it was, it was second and five all it game, felt like that. Second and five, second and four, third Henry and would one. carry for five every single time. Every time, yeah. So yeah. if Josh Dobbs was going to be able to play from second and four, then he was going to be okay. Josh Dobbs is a wonderful guy, and and, they, and he played a really good game, but he has no throwing arm. He's he the reason he the reason he's not on a roster. He everything else is right. He's super smart. He's super athletic. He's super tough. He's a great teammate. He's a great leader. Everything else is there. He just doesn't have a very good throwing arm. And the reason he's not playing in the NFL, you have to have a good throwing arm. And so when you get him at third and 17 or whatever, he throws off his back foot and Tyson Campbell picks it off. When you get him in third and long, he holds the ball a little bit too long. And Rayshon Jenkins hits him on a blitz. So the whole key to, hey, the whole key to Jags defense is you had to get him behind the sticks. Once you got him behind the sticks, things changed. Yeah, and, and I thought Tennessee did a really – excellent job early on of scheming things to help Josh Dobbs, but that pixie dust was eventually going to wear off. It was just a matter of would it wear off in time for the Jaguars to, to win the game. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting because I don't see it the way you guys see it in terms of the offense. I think the Tennessee defense was getting stronger as the game went. I think they were winning more in the trenches the more the game went. Uh, offensively, what the Jaguars, I think they had minus one yard in the fourth quarter on nine play. I mean, they were getting just obliterated up front the more that game went on. So I, I don't know yeah. if, if they score, if, if the ball doesn't get the perfect bounce. And, you know, but it, but it did. And, and yeah, absolutely. This has been a, we talked about it. They, they got no breaks in October. They've gotten all the breaks since Thanksgiving, basically. 
and uh, and it was it was huge the the bounce that ball took. Josh Allen, right place, right time, makes a great play to to return it. Rayshon Jenkins is is just become a you know a legend uh, in, in this franchise's history uh, with the plays he's made this year. Uh, it's uh, it it is remarkable, but uh, you know, and, and look, I don't think it carries over. I, I expect the offense to play at a very high level Saturday night against the Chargers, but on that night, uh, the offense was in big trouble yeah. and the defense bailed them out. Yeah, but you did you don't disagree with me. I, I Lawrence said, do I think the offense would have scored? I think if they'd have gotten the ball back there, there's a time the Titans might have tightened up a little bit. But if you were asking me to guess or to bet or to bet my money. No, I mean all the evidence suggested what you just said that it wasn't a good night for the offense. I so so who knows? But the good thing is it didn't have to be. Good teams win different ways. Good teams win. Offensive teams win with the defense sometimes. Defensive teams win with some offense sometimes. That's what happened. But they got they had to get him Lauren behind the sticks. They had to get to where Josh Dobbs had to make plays with his arm. He, he made some passes early in the game, but those weren't plays with his arm. Those, and, he, and he was accurate on some of those down and outs. He stuck some balls. He, he stuck some balls into Austin Hooper that were really good throws near the sideline, but those weren't plays you had to make with your arm. They once you third and fifteen, you had to make a play with your arm. Then that's that's when Hayes refers to the pixie dust comes off. Yeah, I I was taking play by play notes throughout the game, and when it was all over, I said to John Shipley, who sits next to me of SI, I was like, "How many times did Derrick Henry run the ball? I feel like mm-hmm. I typed Henry carries four. Yeah. 30 times, and he was right. like, he ran it 30 times. I was yeah. like, that that was Mike Rabel. Obviously, we talked about it all week. That's Mike Rabel's game plan, and they did a great job of it. it Derrick Henry is a superstar, even at his age of, of almost 30. Yeah, and so uh, the Raven, the Raven, the Titans did everything they could to win the game. They, they absolutely did everything. They coached well. They had a good plan. They played well. They lost because the Jags made one more good play because the Jags have the better team. I mean, that, that's the reality is the Jags have the better team. And, and the ja- we don't talk about special teams a ton. The special teams were unbelievable mm-hmm. for the Jaguars. Well, and to that end, we're going to come right out of the gate with the players you talk to because you got one on every side. You got an offensive player, a defensive player, and a special teams player. So the minute we come back, first segment right now, I want people to hear because I think it's still hot and fresh. So we're going to hear from some of the key guys. Uh, Hayes got one from – uh, every uh, area, including the best punter, I think the best punter in the league. I don't, care, I don't care what the average is or Townsend or whoever. I think he's the best punter in the league. How many times does he do amazing stuff, not just bombing them, bombing them when you need it, knocking it out at the five-yard line? So, In fact, I might want to play that one first. You know, so, but uh, Hayes uh, did his normal yeoman's work in the locker room. You're going to hear those interviews as soon as we come back. Great job, Hayes. Uh, a lot more to talk about today on the program. Uh, Jags, how it happened. Where they go from now, the Charger matchup, another primetime game, all that. Glad you're with us on a Monday. This is 1010XL and 92.5 FM. On all outlets, they hit him as he likes to go. The ball comes out. The ball comes out and it's picked up. The Jags are running it back. The Jags are running it back. The Jags are going to run it into the end zone. Josh Allen scores a touchdown. Josh Allen is running back for a touchdown for Jacksonville. It's a Best Bet Monday on The Frangie Show with fantastic locations in Jacksonville, Orange Park, and now in St. Augustine. It's Best Bet. Honest admission, um, after the game, we were all whew, a little wired. I needed to find just a couple of cold BLs, mm-hmm. maybe a little pizza. And uh, I, we saw a lot of people in the hall and in the where the suites were. And I got to be honest. And I'm not making this up. First time ever 
I didn't remember what I said. Oh, wow. Now, I knew I must have, if I'd have gotten it wrong, someone would have called me on it. You know, if I'd have said Trayvon Walker ran it in, or if you got the wrong guy, or, you know, you know, if I'd have said pick six when it was a fall. But so I know, I knew I must, I knew, I, I didn't, I didn't feel like you messed it up, but I didn't remember what I said. I, usually, you know what you said, you know. I didn't remember what I said until, uh, till honestly, till I heard the replay, heard the heard the highlights. So, um, what a moment it was. Um, I want to go. Did through, a great job, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. It was, it, we, we, I heard that all day. I heard it yesterday. I love it. I appreciate it. I uh, very much. Uh, we talk about a lot of the offensive guys and defensive guys. I want to. Hayes does such a good job. He he, he tears through that locker room. Uh, here's the difference. If you want to know the difference between Hayes and I at eleven twenty-seven. Hayes is grinding. I'm drinking a beer. Okay, so because he's a hard one. You there's you don't truly appreciate the slacker mm-hmm. until you get the hard worker too. So <laughs> so you see so at both. So Hayes is grinding in those locker rooms. Hayes, but, how did you enjoy the victory? By the way, it was fantastic. It was. I'm so happy. Did you celebrate? I think that's what she wants to know. Did it? What, what, I did, I by the time I got home, it was like two two ish, yeah. mm-hmm. and I was exhausted. So I I celebrated all day yesterday. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> well done. Uh Logan Cook may be the best punter in the league. He's really good. And, and the thing that strikes me is how different each punt will be. Yeah. Like, it's almost like a golfer who will hit a punch shot. Great call. Will hit one, you know, like Mickelson way up in the air. Knockdown like shot. It's yeah. a, and it, it particularly resonated the other night because he pinned him inside the 10 three times. Right. And it felt like all three had a different – Trajectory. Yeah. It was really cool. Uh, Logan Logan Cook, the uh, best punter in the league, I think, uh, the subject of the first Hayes Carline one-on-one. Nobody goes behind the scenes and inside the locker room better than Hayes Carline. Here's Hayes with another one-on-one on the Frangie Show. We're pleased to be joined with Jaguars punter Logan Cook here on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Congratulations. What a win for you guys tonight. Oh, appreciate it. Yeah, it was fun. It's, uh, it's cool to see the stadium packed and us kind of deliver, so it was cool. Was this one of the best? Per- You've had a, a ton of great performances here. Where does this one rank with the stakes involved? Honestly, probably the highest just because we won, and it's like, you know, it, I was telling somebody earlier, it's first week 17 or 18, whatever it is now, that I have my bags haven't been packed. So <laughs> as terrible as that sounds, it's how it's been, you know? Um, so to be able to have this refreshing, like, I mean, vibe around here in this culture that Coach Peterson's brought in, and honestly just, I mean, we have great players, but honestly he's done so much to kind of turn this around. So it's fun, it's refreshing, and I'm glad that we can kind of deliver to, to Duval County. It's fun. Absolutely. When you you pinned them three times tonight, were they all sort of different kicks? It seemed like, do you have different strategies for all that, and, yeah. and how well did it work tonight? Yeah, a couple of them were. Uh, that was something when I got in the league, I've kind of had to figure out something to make me a little different to help me out because these returners are so good uh so yeah we hit a couple banana balls tonight which is just kind of a side winding boomerang looking funky punt you know it's hard to catch and uh usually have a little forward to the right roll which is what we got a couple times and um so it helps and then it helps when dt and clay are down there to catch them so Absolutely, and Jamal did a great job as well. Riley, I mean, it just seemed like, I mean, special teams was such a, a critical p- part of the win tonight. Right. Yeah, I mean, Ag, we obviously know he's the best. We think he's the best in the league, and uh, so do several other teams too. So um, to be able to see him break loose on a few, we'd love to see him cross the goal line, you know, a couple times. But, uh, you know, he set us up so many times, um, kind of put us in the middle of the field. So. You guys are so hot right now. I mean, five wins in a row, and what what's what has this been like? I mean, I mean, what what is this is is you know uh, one of the the core players of this team? What, what's it been like going through this? Yeah, I mean, it's awesome. It's uh, 
it's a refreshing culture from what, what's been here in the past. And um, I think it's just the way we scored that last touchdown, the defense scored, the, the way Ray scored that touchdown against Dallas. It's kind of like this team's just kind of predestined to keep doing great things. Um, and we just keep rolling. So it's cool. We're just riding the train and enjoying it. Awesome. Logan Cook, congratulations on the AFC South title and best of luck next week in the playoffs. Thank you. Logan Cook, four punts, a net average of 50 and a half. Net. Net. And, uh, and again, three inside the 10-yard line. Just a, a huge part of the victory Saturday night. And I'll tell you, he is a good player. You know who else is a good player? And we have none of us have talked about him enough. None of us. Foye Aluakon's a really good player. Led the league in tackles again. This guy, he's a tackling machine. You know what? Hazy's understated. He's quiet. He's not big and fierce looking like Ray Lewis. You know what I mean? He's not that guy. He's not demonstrative. He doesn't beat his chest. There's no there's no tackle dance or anything. He Foye Aluakon's a really good player. I mean, really, really, really good player. I don't know that we've properly appreciated how good he is. Yeah, he's been incredible and was clutch the other night because uh, he makes the tackles on the on the two checkdowns, third and fourth down, where you know there's a lot of real estate if he doesn't make the tackle. Uh, the the ball carrier could have certainly gotten the first down and, and kept the drive alive. And uh, he's just been very consistent throughout the year. And you know certainly that's a remarkable achievement to be able to say you led the NFL in tackles consecutive years for two different teams. I think that w- that makes it even more impressive. The fact that he's done this with Atlanta, and then comes over as a free agent to the Jaguars and does it there, different system, uh, really speaks to his talent. And I think the other thing, too, is all season the guys next to him are rookies between Devin Lloyd and Chad Muma. Usually a guy who's going to lead the league in tackles, you'd think the guy next to him, in, as far as inside linebackers go, would be more of a veteran presence. But So he's been able to line everybody up and make all those tackles. He's the guy that when we talked about you know this team having – not entitled players. He's the first one that I thought of. Uh, after the game, Hayes Carline with inside linebacker Foye Aluakon. We're pleased to be joined with Jaguars inside linebacker Foye Aluakon here on 1010XL 92.5 FM AFC South Champions. Congratulations. How's it feel? Good. Great. What was this like? Uh, just a, the culmination of what happened over the year, you know, starting off not how we wanted to, but learning what we need to bring to every game to win and then it coming in. Down to the last game, uh, everybody stuck with it, uh, understood the process of you know playing all the way through four quarters, understand how to win at the end of the game. It's just really cool to see all the group of guys stay, stick together like that. How were the fans tonight for you guys? They were loud. I mean, we gave them, gave them a show. Gave them a show. I don't think it was our cleanest football. We can learn from it, but I appreciate the energy. In terms of you know what you guys were able to do, uh, you know, Derrick Henry didn't really break any tonight. How did you feel like you guys did stopping him? Yeah, we knew it was going to be a long game for him. Uh, in terms of he's going to be able to run the ball the whole game. They're going to keep trying it until we break. Uh, but as the game went on, I think we got a little tougher. We got a little bit better. Um, we got you know comfortable with the fits and stuff and then you know executed towards the end of the game. Uh, it wasn't clean at first, but I think as the game went on, we got cleaner with it. For you, is it more satisfying to come from so far back, 2-6, and six, to start the year to win the division? Winning it, regardless, I would have liked to win it earlier. Yeah, I mean, winning it right there at the end, that was cool. That was the experience I'll be able to tell my grandkids, but that was cool. Hopefully build on that for um, years coming up. What was uh, your vantage point of Rayshon Stripsack and Josh being able to return at 37? I was running a pick, and I was like, oh, we have one more on this side, and they have the block, so I knew somebody was coming free. 
Rayshon ran it. I saw he was going to get to the quarterback. And when he knocked it out, fumble, and then I saw Josh pick it up, I didn't even, I just knew he was gone. I turned, I turned to the sideline, said, there it was, there it is. That's what we've been looking for all game. It was cool. You had 13 tackles, a sack, another huge game leading the league in tackles. Uh, how do you feel like it's gone for you this season, and, and how do you think it went for you tonight? I appreciate my boys. Uh, my boys always, you know, pushing me to play hard, and I play hard for them. Um, I don't think I played my cleanest football the first half and stuff, and I was like, damn, let my boys down. So that helped me, um, you know, play harder that second half, play smarter that second half. And, um, you know, when we do what we're supposed to do, all that, all that stuff happens. So I'm happy that we was able to come through as a team, and I was able to play good for my boy. It seemed like up front, Josh Allen, Trayvon Walker, Arden Key, uh, Roy Robertson-Harris, able to do some really big things. Uh, what did you see out of the front today? I told them to, in order to win that game, they had to go off. They had to eat. Um, that's just how the Titans are. You got to win up front. And then they, they, they rose to the challenge today, especially, you know, second half, fourth quarter. They rose to the challenge. We was able to uh, push them back. Uh, no drives there in that fourth quarter. And then we, we were able to take the game over. Boy, Luokan, thank you so much for your time. Congratulations and best of luck next week in the playoffs. Yeah, yes, sir. Foye Luokan led the league in tackles with 184. That was four more than Nick Bolton. What's striking is... Aluakon has 128 solos. That's 20 more than anyone else in the NFL. 20 more solo tackles than anyone else in the yeah, NFL. That guy is a freaking ball player. And, and for whatever reason, he's not the one we've had a lot of conversations about. Now, no, not I say the three of us, anybody, any, any, line, any area, the media, any fan bases, no one's talking about Foyer Aluakon. He is a really good player, man. He is a... I'm telling you, man, that dude's a good ball player. I mean, he's one of the best players on the team. You know that? I mean, he, he led the league in tackles, like you said, by a wide margin in solo. So, boy, I'm glad he's here. I'm glad Foya Luakon's here. Credit to Trent Balky on some of these guys he's picked up. Also, credit to him for picking up this next guy. Um, I'll say it again. I'm not going to talk about the offseason until the offseason. But if there's one guy, somehow, some way, you got to find a way to keep him on the team is Evan Ingram. He's caught up with Evan after the game as well. We're pleased to be joined with Jaguars tight end Evan Ingram here on 1010XL 92.5 FM. AFC South champions, congratulations. What a night. Man, it's, uh, it's a blessing. Uh, crazy atmosphere. Um, back and forth game. Defense. Defense. Yeah. Defense. Uh, yeah, it's a blessing. We're champs. We're in. Um, now we go dance. What was it like, the celebration in the locker room, Evan? Man, it's just uh, real deserving. Um, We've been through so much, you know. Uh, been had a lot of tough moments in this locker room, uh, and had a lot, had some great ones, you know. These last couple, last couple five, you know, this last stretch, um, just to finish it off, just to finish it off. So uh, it was just so deserving. Uh, felt so good, um, and you can kind of still kind of sense like, all right, let, let, now let's go. Is it more rewarding to win the, the last five and come from so far back to overtake the Titans? Yeah, I mean that's. I mean, you you going to run, going into the playoffs like this, uh, all bets are off, man. All bets are off. So, uh, we're you know, we're rolling. We're playing good football. Can be even better, you know. Can be a lot better. Uh, so, you know, we're rolling. Uh, we're playing our best football. We're playing with a lot of confidence, a lot of swagger, and we're having fun. And we're, we're, ha we're coming to work and having fun. That's awesome. What was it like seeing the, the fans and the environment they created today? Top two environments I've ever been in, honestly. Uh, just credit credit to the fans for showing up. They said it was sold out, and like sometimes they say it's sold out, and you're kind of like, eh. Right. It was sold out, man. It was awesome. Uh, and uh, I know they've they've been through a lot as a, been through a lot as a fan base. 
uh, for them to come out and show out like they did and for us to, you know, close it out and, and win the division, um, they're part of it too. Absolutely. Evan, overall, how did you feel like the offense performed? What were some things you were happy with and some things that you you think you guys will focus on next week? I mean, it was uh, not really – it's hard to be happy about it. it. You know, we got the win, so we're, we're going to take it. But um, we got to be better. We got to be better. We're going to be better. Uh, I think I think we responded pretty well to, it, to the uh, first drive, the fumble. We only had three drives in the first half, so, like, kind of got we had to really fight to get in our rhythm and i think we did and then um but credit to the defense too credit to them they they had our number and they made a lot of great calls against our call so um but you know we did enough we did enough but we, you know we're gonna we're gonna improve for sure evan ingram thank you so much for your time congratulations and best of luck in the playoffs appreciate it man. yeah the environment was incredible and, and i'm not worried at all about the offense i know that'll be a storyline all week uh trevor didn't play well in houston I uh, really didn't play well uh, uh, Saturday night against Tennessee. I, I, I'm not concerned about the offense. The Chargers present a whole different litany. They're almost a 180 of Houston and certainly of Tennessee from a physicality standpoint. The ground game is going to be there, uh, and I think Trevor Lawrence is going to rise to the occasion. So uh, I'm not worried about the offense, but they certainly got a huge bailout Saturday night because they were – miserable particularly late in that game and uh you know just a couple of just inexcusable three and outs Trevor misses two touchdown throws that you just have to make obviously the one to Zay Jones the underthrow to Christian Kirk uh, I just can't happen um you know and and so uh and, and again he didn't play well in Houston either so it's two bad games in a row for Trevor Lawrence but I do think that the offense will uh, will be really in rhythm against the Chargers. I the do. question there is, will they be able to win a shootout? I, I, I totally agree. We'll take a break. We'll talk a little bit more about why it went the way it did and where we're headed on a Saturday night again at the stadium. Stay with us. Play fake. Rolling to the right. Trevor, look, wants to throw it back to the left side. Fires toward the corner of the end zone. Caught for the touchdown. Christian Kirk. Now they always say congratulations. Yeah, you made a good. You guys made a good point during the break. We do a we do a draft show. Tony, Jeff, and I do it every year. What time does pick thirty two pick usually? Is that, that well, one a.m. One a.m. Yeah, I, I would think. And, and the yeah, good news I'm though, nap that day is it'll be a little earlier because there there's only thirty one picks. Oh, I forgot about this so, because the Dolphins lost their pick so, in the Brady tampering. So twelve forty five. Yeah. So the Jaguars so will hold the thirty first pick. Yeah. Okay. So uh, Super yeah, Bowl yeah, champion. So, it, so it, it's going to be a late pick. But it may be earlier in one a.m. if it's if it's thirty first. So yeah. Maybe by a, a smidge. All right. So uh, glad you're with us on this Monday. Thanks for joining us. Do want to thank our friends from the Best Bet. The Best Bet does a wonderful, wonderful job. Don't forget that winter series, that winter open series returns. The Best Bet Orange Park now. Uh, January 26th through the February 6th. They love that thing. $280 NLH satellites into the main event. It starts uh, That started last week. So uh, head on over to Orange Park. Um, all right, two or three things. I think the Jags will be very good offensively. Somehow that game got in their head, whether it was the, the enormity of it, the crowd. Tennessee had a very good plan defensively. Tennessee's front is very good. Whatever it was, they couldn't they couldn't find the throttle. They just couldn't. They couldn't hit a rhythm offensively. They missed a few throws. The uh, uh, the, the the trick play didn't work and was a fumble. Sheriff uh, was getting beat up. Yeah, yeah. Sheriff struggled some. Again, they have a good front now. I mean, Simmons and Tier Tart are really good. Danico Autry was back, but Tart and Simmons now. You've got two tackles, 
two 305-pound tackles lining up next to each other, that's about as good as there is in the league in terms of two guys. That's like Washington. The two, those two guys are really good. So They were bullying the Jaguars' yeah, offensive yeah, line. Yeah, in the second half yeah. of that game, it was one-sided. Yeah, and yeah, well, evidenced by the running, Jags couldn't run at all. I think that'll be better, but I think the Jags had to get that out of their system a little bit. No matter how hard you try to be ready and you're good guys, and Doug does such a great job managing the emotion, it was still a really big game, man. And there's a lot of guys that have played in those games on the Titans team that had played more of those games than the Jags did. But you got that out of your system. It was I, good to have basically a playoff game before the playoffs start. It was a great now was a that, great now that you've won it, it was a yeah. great dress rehearsal. Absolutely. Now that you've won the game, it was a wonderful dress rehearsal. I completely agree. I agree with you, Hayes. I think the ball is going to be the in the air a lot. I think this one's 35-28. I think that's the game we're looking at. And I think the Jags are equipped to play that game. The obvious concern is that the Los Angeles Chargers now will have Mike Williams and Keenan Allen. They didn't have them the first game. And to the point you made last week, too, uh, Justin Herbert was playing with sore ribs. And he's completely healthy. But and I, Bosa was knocked out of that game. It, Slater was. Yeah, there. yeah. But I will tell you. The off, week three game means nothing. Yeah, yeah. yeah certainly doesn't mean. I, I don't forgo nothing. But, yeah, it's a different game. It's, it's not a 38-10 game. But I will say this. I think the fact that you played them on their turf, played their uniforms, played their brand, and beat them 38-10 does matter. It does convince you that, that I mean, had that game, had they not played this year, Everybody would think the Chargers are gonna gonna win easily. What is that? A one? The Chargers are a point or two favorite, something like that. One point favorite. Yeah. So I, uh, but I think the Jags will move the ball. I think you, 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 Mia asked me. You guys asked me who the who I thought the player of the game would be or what the X factor would be. I told you without hesitation to be Christian Kirk because that was the kind of game he had to step up in. That it was that kind of a game. I think the weapons step up in this game, Hayes. I really do. Well, and I think the other thing that steps up in this game is Travis Etienne. I think he, I mean, he, he had nowhere to run the other night. Uh, he's going to have room to run against the Chargers unless Los Angeles plays the best defensive game they've played all year. Uh, they have just been atrocious uh, when it comes to, to stopping the run, and that's something where I think you're going to see Etienne really take advantage of uh, the Chargers give up, I want to say, 5.4 yards a carry. Uh, they've given up 17 touchdowns on the ground, 2,478 rushing yards allowed. Uh, they're uh, 28th in the league in defending the run. Um, so I think I think Doug Peterson is going to unleash Travis Etienne in this game on the ground, and, and I think there's going to be room. And I think that is also going to open things up for Trevor and his array of weapons. So I – I have a lot of confidence in the offense. I will be very surprised if the Jaguars don't play very well offensively. And then it just comes down to it's, it's probably going to feel a little bit like an arena game in the sense that, you know, the stops are going to be the story. Um, you're probably going to see more scores than stops, uh, or at least close to it. And, uh, you know, that's, that's going to be the thing. The, the Chargers, what we saw in week three offensively, isn't anything close to, to what they are now. And uh, and they're playing with a lot of confidence. They they surprisingly lost yesterday. They uh, and and played the starters the majority of the game. But uh, but yeah, I think it's going to be a really entertaining game. But I, I think for the Jaguars, there are a lot of solutions offensively in, in terms of moving the ball against Los Angeles. Yeah, certainly defensively, 
Austin Eckler and Keenan Allen are, are scary weapons, Mike Williams, and he will play. But I think it, this is up to the Jaguars to get their tempo offensively and for Trevor to not miss those high ones early like he can do sometimes or has done sometimes. I think the other thing is, I mean, 32-year-old Latavius Murray, to Hayes' point, as far as the Broncos beating the Chargers, had over 100 yards against this team. I think Travis Etienne, yes, will absolutely get his yards. And, and oh, by the way, shout out to the fans who, were they super crazy and loud on defense? Absolutely. But it, that place was, I mean, full of obviously way more Jaguars fans. I saw barely any Titans fans. But when the Jaguars won offense, it was incredibly quiet. So great job to the fans. The fans, by the way, were amazing on every front. Those brigade people over there in that slab, you know, you know by the way, here's, what I, here's my prediction. If the Jags win Saturday night, and I think they're going to, those slab, they may just take the slab to Kansas City. Just, 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 just <laughs> put it in a truck, you know, kind of break it up. You know, put break the slab up, put in a bunch of trucks, then take some cement and put it back together. You know, I mean, you think those brigade people aren't coming to Kansas City having some of that barbecue? I promise you. So, I mean, but the fans have been fantastic. What a great, what a great collection of fans. I agree with you. They knew when to cheer and when not to, didn't they? It was a, it, what a, what a wonderful night. It was just a wonderful night. It was a clear night. The weather was good. That it, full moon was beautiful. Oh, it was just, it was just, it, it was just a really wonderful night. And I think it'll be sold out. Don't you think? Yes. I would think I think so. it'll be sold out. I think the crowd will be just as raucous. I love that it's at night. I did not – give Mia credit, by the way. Mia, Mia sent out a tweet um, mid-evening, the, the, like 7 or 8 o'clock, that said, um, uh, hey, hey, and I'm going to paraphrase, but hey, Jag fans, how would you feel about uh, another primetime Saturday night game, this time on NBC? That's pretty good because when I, when I read it, I said, you know, she, it sounds like to me she may be on to something here. And then she later came back and said, I can't confirm – the time, but I can confirm Saturday. That good work, and so so. Cause right when I saw that, I'm starting to think. Last night, you know what? We may have another Saturday nighter. I, I didn't. I th- I thought it w- like we said, four Saturday or one Sunday. The fact that we got another Saturday nighter, that's fantastic. And I get it. If I'm the TV people or the NFL, whoever makes these decisions, this is Trevor versus Herbert. That's pretty good. That that that's that's Josh Allen versus Patrick Mahomes before their time. We hope, right? Yeah, I think so, and and I think it was Green Bay not getting in is what led to that. If uh, Seattle, San Francisco just does not have a lot of cachet at all, and you know if it had been Packers, Forty ers and you get that Aaron Rodgers storyline right. of you know this is the team that you know didn't draft him, chose Alex Smith over him way back when, and you know all that, then it's uh, it's it's probably getting elevated to a to a, a more attractive slot, but. Yeah, it worked out because uh, I think eight fifteen is is fantastic. I think it's going to be similar. I I don't think there's going to be a ton of Chargers fans. I mean, that would no, surprise me. I, I Chargers fans. Yeah, so I, I think it's going to be all Jaguars again. Because uh, again, we the it's being at tailgaters for the kickoff show. I mean, it was unbelievable the energy down there, and uh, and I only saw like two Titans the entire time. So I mean. I think it's going to be very similar where it'll be, you know, at least 90%, if not more, Jaguar fans. It'll be sold out. And I think it kind of helps the Jaguars that it's going to be cold. I, I, I'm i curious to see if, you know, how the Chargers handle that. Yeah, high of 53, low in the high 30s, somewhere in there. Well, it'll be colder than it was. Yes. Yeah, that, I don't think it, it never left the 50s on Saturday. It's going to be low 40s by by the game end this week. Yeah, I would think so. So, yeah, bundle up. I, I know people that went to the game – that were not warm enough because they were tricked by the fact that the weather was going to change a little bit. I was surprised, but either way, uh, bundle up for sure. But yeah, I think, I mean, Doug Peterson right now, I feel like 
all of Jacksonville gets to go, we have the better coach against Brandon Staley without a question. And and certainly when it comes to <clears throat> game management and, and making those crucial decisions. I mean, you think Jags are going to win? Yes. I think Jags are going to win. Do you think so? I'm nervous. Gibby, you think the Jags are going to win? I do. And I'm trying not to be a homer on this. Maybe I am. I mean, I'm trying to be. But, I mean, I would tell you if I didn't. I mean, I, I didn't. You're playing the NFL's greatest underachiever yeah. in terms of a franchise. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now they've got Correct. Justin Herbert, but it's his playoff debut. Yeah. I mean, it's not like Justin Herbert's played in five of these things. Right. That's yeah. true. You know, it's the first time he's been in the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, it's the Correct. first time Brandon Staley, the 40-year-old head coach of the Chargers, yeah. has been in the playoffs. I think if he loses, he could get fired. I yeah. think there's a tremendous amount of pressure on him because if Sean Payton is smart and really wants mm-hmm. to get back into coaching, he's going to call the Chargers owner, Dean Spanos, and say – this is the job I want. Right. I want to coach that kid. Yeah. And it's it's Good again, point. it's AFC. The Saints would probably allow for that trade to occur uh and, and not just kill the Chargers in compensation compared to an NFC team. So I, I think if I think there's a lot of pressure on yeah. Brandon Staley in this one and, and he has shown he is a he can be a train wreck when it comes to end game decisions. And even even yesterday, I thought deserved the criticism for playing uh, some of the key chargers as long as he did. I mean, it, it wasn't anything ridiculous, but, you know, Herbert plays 81% of the snaps in a game that doesn't matter. Eckler plays 49% of the snaps. Uh, Keenan Allen played 76% of the snaps. And then Mike Williams, Bosa, and uh, um, uh, Murray uh, all had some sort of an injury that, that forced them out of the game. I mean, that's just dumb. I mean, you, you're you're the five seed. You know why would you why would you take those chances? And it looks like Mike Williams will be able to play, but again, you'd like him to be 100, percent and he probably isn't going to be with the back injury. I got to tell you, I think the Jags could lose, be one and done in the playoffs, lose the home game to the Chargers, and pack their bags, and we're talking about the off season. I do I think they could lose. It's a one point spread. I mean, I think they could lose the game. I also think they could go on a stupid run. I, I do. I, I, I know that's crazy, and I'm not going to predict that they will, but I, I, I don't know, man. I've seen crazier things. Uh, we were there in Kansas City. They, Kansas City beat them by 10, but it wasn't 54 to 10. I'm just telling you. I, I just, I mean, this team, again, I, 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 I think they're going to beat the Chargers. I could be wrong. They could lose. They could lose that game. It's a, it's a it's an even game. We all thought they were going to beat the Titans. I thought easily. Yeah, yeah. And I, I I thought I thought by seven to ten. You know. So, but, and if they lose, and if they beat the Chargers, I will not pick them to beat the Chiefs. I I can tell you, I will not pick them to win. But I would not be surprised. I, I just wouldn't. I just, I it's it's weird how it, I, I'm trying to explain how it feels. Trying not to be Homer guy. There's something potentially magnificent about these guys this year. There just is. Yeah. Guess who was the four seed in the AFC last year? Cincinnati. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And they, they were 10 and seven. They were the four seed. Perfect example. They won the AFC and got to the Super Bowl and came within an eyelash of winning it. And this, and with Trevor Lawrence here, like Joe Burrow there, this would be no more surprising than that was. It just wouldn't. It and just, they went worse to first as well. Yeah, and so I'm just telling you there's something that, that you said it better than I did, way more succinctly. I just think there's – I don't know. There's there, And, again, they can, I won't pick them to – number one, they may not win this week. Again, they're, they're, it's not like they're 15-point favorites here, okay? They're a one-point underdog at home. So the odds makers don't think they're winning. The odds makers think that the Chargers are four or five points better. 
But I just I just believe in my heart of hearts this could be some crazy, crazy run. Have you noticed this? We break because when we come back, by the way, we have a picks champion. I don't know if you all know that. Yeah. We have a picks champion. I'm not going to tell anybody who it is, but there's a picks champion. But um, have you noticed that all around town, people have a pep in their step? I mean, I don't care if you go to the grocery store, if you go to if you, if you go get a beer at a bar, everyone's talking. Did you see the game? Did you go to the game? Hey, can you believe that play? I mean, if you people are smiling. If you, I mean, if you, I'm not I'm not making it up. I made a point to get around the last two days to see. Have you noticed that the power of sports is real? Yes. The, the yes. link between sports and community is one of the most remarkable uh, facets of the human condition. No question. Well, well, really well said. The city is completely. Uh, supporting this team and strangers are having conversations because they share an affinity for the local team. And it's, it's maybe some people view that as silly, but I think it's spectacular and absolutely you feel it. Haven't you seen it? Oh, absolutely. I said during crosstalk, we went for a bike ride yesterday at the beach and we saw probably 40 people wearing Jag stuff. Yeah. And every single time we'd pass by somebody, we'd be like, it was always the Jags go Jags or they'd say it to us. Yeah. And I've never seen that many people yeah, wearing it. it. And I think yesterday was such a glorious day in our city, A, celebrating an AFC South title that we got to celebrate in Jacksonville, and B, this weather. You put those two things yeah. together, the sunshine in Florida in January, and your team is successful, and you get to laugh at all the people who hated you along the way. It's magnificent. And we felt it Friday night at Strings For sure. before they had won this game, before they were in the playoffs. We just felt it. What a, what a night that was on Friday afternoon and Friday night and the fans that came out and packed that place. And, and Scott and our friend from Strings, who does such a great job, and our partners with the Jaguars sending the Roar came out and Jackson DeVille came out and they provided two club seats. And, and golly, and by the way, news alert, there's a chance somewhere in town there might be another one of those Friday. Ooh. I'm just saying. How about that? Well, I got operatives. Dun, dun, dun. I've got operatives. And the word is there might be another one coming Friday. I can't tell you where. But I'm just telling you there might be another one Friday. I'm ready. That's what I'm going to tell you. So there you go. Uh, when we come back, we're going to crown a new picks champion. Do you know that? Sounds good. It, uh, I mean, everybody all over the place wants to know who this is and, and how it played out. We'll tell you after this. <laughs> how about that, huh? Great. I, I loved it. Do you Great guys love stuff. it? Absolutely. It was awesome. Absolutely. I, I absolutely it. loved it. It was the national anthem. Jacksonville style, and I thought it was absolutely fantastic. Did you hear him on the pro with primetime? Yeah, it was great. Yeah, I thought it, I thought it was absolutely fantastic. I've seen the band before at one of the festivals at the beach. Oh, you have Duval County Line. Yep, they're great. I thought it was absolutely. I, I love it. national anthems that are done in that Jimi Hendrix style electric guitar. Yeah, it was really good. Loved really it. Good. So, are you ready for this? Ready. There's a new picks champion. That's right. We went into the week with Hayes and Lauren tied. And let me just get right to it. Lauren just kicked his ass. That's okay? right. Carline wanted none of that. Okay. Now I have to point out that they both kicked Gibby here to my ass earlier. Okay. So, so we didn't. I think Gibby. I think the way this went, this was the national championship game. Gibby, I'm not even sure you and I made the tournament. We might have been like picks 67 and 68. We might have been in the play-in game. Yeah, we were the first teams out. Yeah, G Gibby and I were in Dayton. Okay, that's where we lined up in this thing. But so we had the picks contest. It really came down to Jets, Dolphins, and Steelers, Browns. Hayes picked the Jets and the Browns in both those games. Lauren picked the Steelers and the Dolphins. They're both close now. We all watching? We hanging in mm -hmm. there? I was not. You, you weren't watching with bated breath? No. Why not? 
I don't know why. Because I'd already beaten you and Gibby, so I didn't really care. <laughs> you had your victory. You had the victory you needed. Were you watching with bated breath? Yes. I was locked in. You know, and I didn't care which one of you losers won, but I was locked in just to see who was going to win. Well, I think the universe finally said she's had her butt she's kicked had enough. enough. She's taken enough beating. Loser Monday. Not yeah. that you get anything for this, right. uh, winning this. I wonder if maybe y'all were going to bring in like a tiara or something. Not a thing. No, of okay. course not. I wouldn't wear it. Uh, but either way, it, it feels good to be yeah, champ. Yeah. Good and, to be and, champ. Hey, let me put well out, done. Let me well, point thank out. you. Yes, we, we were certainly neck and neck, and, okay. uh, and it was fun down the stretch. Well, I appreciate all that, that, that ridiculous graciousness, Hayes. But let me point out, she still might wear the hat, okay? Can I point that out? You, you'll be the gracious one here, okay? That is, so, that is still in play. Uh, so, but anyway, the way, Lose, Gibby, lose, the, please. The, the, the picks turned out. Lauren, congratulations to Lauren Brooks. All year Thank long, we you. did this from September. She was 58 and 44, 78 total points. Hayes actually had more right than anybody else. He was 59 and 43, but 76 total points. I was 54 and 48, 68 total points. Gibby, 51 and 51, 64 total points. Lauren also won the uh, Game Picker Upper Championship. She had eight of those. That's really and, the only reason I won this thing. And she also won the Moneyball Championship. So she was the most game picker uppers, most money balls, and uh, she won the championship. Lauren is the picks champion, and there you go, 78-76. She had the most belief in the Jaguars, yes. and that makes her a worthy champion. <laughs> you know what? Yes she, yes, she did. And, and look, it was – I mean, it was – it was – we were all kind of in it for a long time. If know? the Jaguars had sucked this year, I would not be the champion. Yeah. <laughs> that is for sure. By the way, uh, Lauren and I both went. Because um, you did it with, that, with the Gators giving you nothing. That's, that's right. correct. <laughs> that's correct. I have, I might, now that I'm champion, I might have to rethink picking yeah. Florida yeah. every game Lauren, next year. Yeah, Lauren and I the both. The Jags, I'll yeah. continue. Lauren and I both had 6-0, and oh, seven-point weeks. Yes, Yeah, I, I might have waited a little late to have my 6-0, <laughs> oh, seven-point week. Uh, but Lauren had it when she needed it the most, so that was a lot of fun. So, uh, so if the Browns had won, then Hayes would have had a, a game picker-upper, and we would have tied, and it would have gone down to the points. Is that correct, the total? Well, if he had a game picker-upper, he'd have won, right? I don't know. I, I honestly, I was like, I didn't even, for the first time all season, I even like. Oh, no, he was behind. Was he, he was yeah, behind he, one. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Well, if it had gone down to points, I was going to. That's where I wanted to go. I yeah. was going to text both of y'all and say, okay, give me the total points in last night's game. So, but and it didn't. Have oh, to that's do. right. Cause, yeah. But I didn't have to do that. Right. Oh, okay. You gave me I yours. already gave you yours. He did not give me his. But I was going to okay. give you I sent him. But I, I sent Frank you, 38, and I would yeah, have, where gone you have gone over. Where would you have gone last night? What was the tiebreaker? The points scored between the Lions and the Packers. Without going over. Obviously, it ended up being 20 to 16, the same as the Jets. And you over, yeah. yeah. Oh, and okay, and you can't go over. I don't yeah. know. I, I mean, I I would have gone ridiculously low to not yeah. go over. Got so I, I might as I don't know. I mean, yeah. it's it's. I hate to even throw out a number now because I know what happened at a game. <laughs> yeah, so then I just sound right. like a stooge. Like I would have predicted exactly what happened. You know. So, yeah. but yeah. Yeah, I will yeah. say, anytime, just the way I look at it, anytime you can't go over, go low. I go about ten points below what I think it would be. Yeah, That's so. smart. Yeah. So, um, so, so, congratulations! Thank yes. you. Picks championship. Picks and champ. We Thank start you. back I've up. In never done this before. We start back up in September. Okay. So the uh, so there so there you go. So you are the cha- you you get the championship all the way till next year this time. Lauren, how does it feel to win your first championship? You've never done this before, have you? I have not. Uh, <laughs> I, unlike no, she did it in 2017. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Unlike Sean. <laughs> I have not won a championship before, so yeah. yes, I'll be. I'll just yeah. keep smiling as long as the yeah, Jags let me, keep I will, winning. I will say this. No disrespect to you uh-huh. or to Gibby or me, uh-huh. but the press conference would have been way better if Hayes had won. Okay, <laughs> we'd have done a whole segment press conference. Okay, so uh, th- so they're definitely very yeah. proud of our team. That's right. You played hard. You yeah. stayed in it. Um, so uh, so well done by Lauren. Um, what else in the NFL surprised you? Uh, as you, we now have the seedings. The Lions were a yeah. shock. Yeah, I, I haven't been that shocked by an NFL result 
Uh, I mean, in it what in well, I mean, I guess since the Jaguars beat the Colts last year, yeah. in, in that scenario yeah, where right. it's you know the final week of the regular season and one team needs it, one team doesn't. I, I even am more shocked by this than I because the Colts last year, I they were you could tell they were sort of a mediocre team. Uh, the Packers, I thought, were had really found something and playing in Lambeau against a franchise like the Lions that just perpetually chokes. And and they weren't even really playing for anything, and maybe that's why they played loose because – and maybe that's why they didn't play like the Lions because it didn't mean anything to them. But, I mean, the aggressiveness and the calls and uh, and and it was so cool to see DJ Chark make the, the game-sealing reception. He didn't have a huge night. Uh, but he made a play that he'll, you know, he'll be a a, a note in Detroit Lions history. And it's uh, tough forever. for him because he was on a team that came so close in the Lions but didn't make the playoffs, and his old team finally does. Yeah, I mean the Lions. Yeah, that's good point. Yeah, the Lions will have a lot of momentum, and a lot of people will be on the the mm-hmm. hype train for Detroit next year. Um, but I just was stunned. I thought I thought Green Bay was going to bury Detroit. And uh, and be a very tough out yeah. uh, for San Francisco. Uh, and and now, you know, I, I, I do think it hurts a little bit from a league standpoint because I just don't think Seattle-San Francisco moves the needle at all. Right. Whereas Green Bay going in there would have been an unbelievable game. It's your Super Bowl right now. Right uh, on top of your head. I'll say 49ers-Jaguars. <laughs> okay. I like I it. Who's your Super Bowl? I'll say Chiefs Eagles. I'll say Chiefs 49ers. Give me who's your Super Bowl right now. I'll say Bills 49ers. Yeah, I uh, I uh, Yeah, the Bills is a good call. That the fact that that you know, first play yesterday of the game, I don't know if you guys were watching. It was unbelievable. The Bills I, I was not watching at the time, but okay, I've seen yeah. this, the call and the play. I mean, they had two of them. Hines yeah. had they, two yeah, of them. Yeah, Naheem Hines ended up with two, but the fact that that was the first play since the game had ended uh with DeMar Hamlin getting uh carted off in the ambulance. The fact that they – I mean, I was watching live. I had chill bumps just thinking about what DeMar got to see and obviously the teammates, yeah. and and I think it just allowed them all to kind of move on in that moment too. I don't think anyone's getting the Chiefs. I, I don't – Bills included. I don't think anyone's going to get that. I think this – I think it's resonated that way. They've already got one. They probably were eyelashed from getting another. I don't think anyone's getting the Chiefs. I, I just – I just – something about them. It feels like to me good luck, good luck in the post – when we get to the postseason now – I hope this team has a chance to go get them, you know. So, but I, but I don't think anyone. Well, to your be. point, that game in Arrowhead. Now, again, if if that's the matchup that we see next weekend, the Jaguars aren't going to start the game with an onside kick, Correct. obviously. So, right. I mean, you throw that out. But the Jaguars really, I thought, played one of their worst games of the year in Arrowhead from a, a, a opportunities blown standpoint. Right. Right. Uh, that's right. So, I mean, again, in 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 in. Unlike this Chargers game, that game wasn't week three. That game was fairly far into the season. Um, so I, I, I think you can read a little bit more into that. I, I think if the Jaguars went into Arrowhead, I think they absolutely have a chance to beat Kansas City. Yeah, I, 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 and, I and I do too. I, like I said, I think the Jags could lose this week. I also think the Jags could run the table. I, I think I really do think that's the The, way the pressure will never be on the Jaguars in this tournament. The pressure is going to be monumental on Buffalo. It's going to be monumental on Kansas City. Uh, it, it'll be somewhat on Cincinnati, but I loved Burrow's quote yesterday of the, the windows open my entire career, and he's right. 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 Uh, and Cincinnati still feels like they're a little ahead of schedule. So 
even though they lost in the Super Bowl last year, I don't feel an immense amount of pressure on them to win it this year. Uh, but uh, but certainly when you talk about the top two heavyweights in the AFC, Kansas City and Buffalo, tremendous amount of pressure on both of those organizations. All right, we'll take a break. When we come back, uh, Georgia and TCU for the championship of college football tonight. This next day with us. This is what we set out to do this year. Uh, you know, there's a lot of, lot, of, lot of people who doubted us, a lot of people who, um, you know, and I know people are going to be like, well, no, we didn't. Well, yeah, you did. Um, you know, maybe not doubted us as, as far as, you know, unranked doubted us, but it wasn't, there wasn't a consensus, um, and it seems as if people have forgotten that storyline um, and forgotten what, what, what this team has done as a collective, you know, fought through that and hurt all the doubters whenever, you know, we're talking about 15 – uh, draft picks lost to the draft. And, uh, you know, a lot, a lot of those guys over there on defense and even on offense heard that. It's a Best Bet Monday on The Frangie Show with fantastic locations in Jacksonville, Orange Park, and now in St. Augustine. It's Best Bet. The comments of Georgia starting quarterback Stetson Bennett. He is looking to run it back as Georgia takes on TCU tonight, kicking off at 7.30. So, Frank, does TCU have a chance? You know, here's what's funny. I I I find myself thinking Georgia's going to roll them. Mm-hmm. I got this one 34-10. What do you think? I'm, I'm going to expound on that in a minute. But I'll go kind of the same game, but a little higher scoring. I'll say Georgia wins 45-16. Yeah, and I had it 38-10, but I'm going to say 34-10. What's your score? Top of your head. I think it's a thriller, and it's like 28-27. You do? Yeah, okay. I think TCU is going to have enough tricks up its sleeve. Gibby? But you're picking Georgia. But I think Georgia yeah. wins, yes. Yeah, I, uh, I'm i not quite there as far as Lauren. I'm, I'm a little bit closer. I would say Georgia 35, TCU 20. Okay, so. Keep in mind, Michigan should have hung 60 on TCU. Yeah, yeah. And Michigan does not have an explosive offense at all. I think Georgia, I think it's 34-10. I said 38-10 or I'll say 34-10. But I will tell you, Lauren, if you're right about the way the game plays out, I, something about this TCU team, and I know they beat Kansas State. In the th- I mean, they lost to Kansas State in that thriller. Because of the way Villanova, Georgetown, and NC State, and the way the way these these crazy upsets go in sports, particularly college sports, Georgia doesn't want to be in that game. Georgia doesn't want to be in the it's twenty seven twenty four somebody middle of the fourth quarter. I told you guys we talked about Jags and Titans. We said. The Jags don't want a 17 – I said it. I said the Jags don't want a 13-10 game in the third quarter. At one point it was 13-10 in the third quarter. I think that's the numbers I we used. about that. You and know? we were all very terrified. Yeah, yeah, we see you don't want that 13-10 game. Well, Georgia doesn't want 27-24 early fourth quarter, either. no matter who's ahead. Georgia, Because then then the doubts will creep in. Then this this amazing team of destiny, this TCU team – that nobody thought would do anything with a first-year coach, all of a sudden starts feeling like this. They're Hoosiers. That what what Georgia doesn't want Hayes is for TCU to look up and all of a sudden they're Hoosiers because when that happens, there's a there's there's this weird force that helps you. It's hard right. It's hard to explain what it is. There's this weird. I, I still remember Villanova Georgetown and thinking. They can't possibly shoot 70% for the game. You, you, did you watch the game? Were you around to watch the game? I was too young was so you? young. You I were rem- really young, I right? remember it. Yeah, like, you were seven I remember eight years watching old. it, but I was too young to comprehend what the scale of what I was well, watching. They were, the only way Villanova beats Georgetown is to shoot 
Okay, that's the only. I mean, Villanova, Georgetown was way better. Well, they shot seventy percent, and I and I remember thinking that they can't. You've watched enough games. Okay, well, they're not shooting seventy percent for the whole game. Right. Ten minutes in, well, they're not gonna fifty. Well, not, early second. Well, uh, well, they did, and they won the game. And and I just college sports. There's this Hoosiers thing that happens to teams that aren't supposed to do it. And and I and I don't think we're getting to that tonight. But that quarterback, he's a good runner. There's He's a better quarterback than the Michigan quarterback. He's a better player than the Michigan quarterback. They don't have as many good players and physical players as Michigan, but he's a better quarterback than the Michigan quarterback. I don't think they can hang around. I, don't, I think it's over by early second half. But that's. But I will tell you, that's that's the game if you're Georgia you don't want. That's the game that scares you is the close one early fourth quarter. Well, sure. And, and you know, again, I, I not to say Georgia can't pull that game out. Obviously, they can. They had an incredible comeback against Ohio State, who I think would beat TCU. So, uh, you know, I, I, I don't I – think, I think Georgia has shown a lot of metal in this championship run, and I think that's very commendable. Uh, they are a team they do not crack. Uh, so even if they deal with some adversity – even if it goes into, you know, 40, 45 minutes into the game, I don't think that Georgia starts to panic. Uh, I just don't think they're going to need that. I think Georgia is uh, supremely talented to TCU. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I, I just don't see TCU being able to do enough to slow down Georgia. Georgia's offense is underrated. I think Stetson Bennett's going to have a huge night. And, and I just don't think TCU has really any answers for slowing Georgia down. Uh, so I actually think this will be the, the – the, I think the narrative tomorrow will be, wow, Georgia's offense was, was really impressive, maybe even more so than their defense, which has obviously been the bedrock of the, the start of this dynasty. I, I just think TCU has very little hope of keeping Georgia under 40 tonight. And I can understand that, certainly. When you've got a weapon like Brock Bowers – against a TCU defense that did give up a, a ton against Michigan. Yeah, Brock Bowers, I think, is going to be the X factor for Georgia, as he has been for much of the season. I just think there's something special about Max Duggan, and, and he's a gamer, and Sonny Dykes has done such a good job, and Quentin Johnson is an incredible receiver. So I, I think they have enough uh, to be able to threaten Georgia, but certainly we'll see, and, and maybe that's just because that's what, kind of how I'm hoping the game yeah, goes. Yeah. I want a close game tonight. They, they need to turn it into a up-and-down-the-field game. Their only chance – they're not beating Georgia 17-9. to They need to turn it into an up-and-down-the-field game. And if they can do that uh, – now I'll say this. Track meet game, they can they, – the Big 12 teams can hang. Mm-hmm. What happens with these big – when these Big 12 teams lose to power conference teams is they get hit in the mouth too many times. And it's hard to have a track meet when your mouth is bleeding. I mean, that, that, that's what happens when, when – I say just Big 12. That's probably not fair. It's what happened when Florida played Nebraska. Florida, Florida was in '95. Florida was the Big Twelve team, and Nebraska was the Power Conference team, and they couldn't go up and down the field because their mouth was bleeding. When that happens, finesse teams get hit in the mouth. That's the biggest concern you have if you're TCU. Yeah, and and again, I just think it's TCU hasn't seen anything like what Georgia has in the trenches. They, they just haven't, and uh, so I think they're going to get mauled on both sides of the ball. And you know, I, I just I just don't see. Uh, a path for TCU in this game, unless Georgia's just sloppy with the football, but they don't tend to do that. So uh, I think Georgia's going to have to play one of the worst games that they've played. If if the Georgia team that barely survived Missouri shows up tonight, then TCU has a chance to to take them to the wire. 
Uh, but I think if Georgia just plays a B-level game, uh, they win by 10. If Georgia plays well, they uh, just absolutely crush TCU. Did I see it correct that this is the first time an air raid offense is playing for the national championship? Did either of y'all see that? Well, wouldn't Oklahoma? Oklahoma's air raid. Be air raid. Yeah, they, they, won, they won a national title. That well, it was absolutely air raid offense. That was, that was Mike Leach calling plays and Josh Heupel's the quarterback. So and so that was absolutely – Maybe not very. I think somebody said that, and then maybe somebody corrected them okay. with Oklahoma. Maybe I, think somebody, maybe I saw the first. I think one somebody tweeted it, and somebody yeah. corrected them. I hear I saw a crazy stat today. The only team to win a national championship in the last twenty some odd years that plays its home games on artificial turf was Ohio State in fourteen. Mm-hmm. I did see that. How about that stat? The only team. Now, Michigan plays its games on artificial turf. Notre Dame plays its games on artificial turf. But it's turf. been Southern teams, for the most part, winning, and none yeah. of those are turf fields. I didn't – yeah. I guess I should have known that. Does nobody in the South have a turf field? Does Vanderbilt? No, they don't, they don't, they don't do that. I wouldn't think. I mean, it's Yeah, why it's would outdoors. you? Why would you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but, I'm, but I'm trying to think. I guess nobody – yeah, I guess you're right. But there's no dome teams, you know. So, so I guess nobody – I, I it didn't hit me. It just hit me. When I read that, that one, the only team in, in Michigan, and maybe it hurt them, that game they lost to TCU was the only game they played all year on natural grass. How about that stat? Isn't that a crazy stat? That is. The only game you've played all year on natural grass? Just seems weird. Why would that make such of a, a difference? I, I, don't, do I, don't, I don't know. I know back in the old days, back in the 80s, um, they always said it was harder for a turf team to go to grass then it was a grass team to go to turf because the game slowed down. The game slowed back in the old AstroTurf days. It looked like a carpet. Now at least the grass looks like grass. Or the turf looks like grass. I'm seeing Ole Miss has a turf field in Texas. I think Ole Miss does have a turf field. Okay. I think they do. I come to come to think of it, I think they do. In Texas too. Yeah, mm-hmm. that, I didn't know that, but I, yeah, I, I don't even know. But that wouldn't surprise me. All the others are not anywhere really southern. But I mean, just I mean, in that in that it's un- what an unusual stat that no team. One team in 20 years has done it. So. And Ohio State that year, as most people remember, lost the second game of the year to Virginia Tech. Everybody thought, okay, their season's over, and then ended up winning the national championship. If um, Georgia wins, where does their dynasty rank? I mean, in terms of all time, it's too early for that. But, yeah, it, but, but I, think, I think what a win does tonight is it does solidify this as a dynasty. Mm-hmm. Uh, you now have won back-to-back. You played, you've you now played for the title three times in the last, what is it, six years, I think? Maybe three in the last five. Right. I can't remember when uh, Tua beat him in overtime. But, uh, um, but certainly to within a five- or six-year stretch, have won it twice, played for it again, uh, I, I think if – I think tonight solidifies that it is a dynasty. Too early to say where it would rank, but by the time they get to the end of it, it might be second behind Saban's. Time now for the 1010 Take. Uh, 1010 Take is brought to you by Batteries Plus. Power it, light it, fix it. Eight Jacksonville area locations. The take is this. I think Kirby Smart is going to win multiple titles, and when it's over – will go down as one of the four or five great college football coaches of all time. He's only 46. He's not going to the NFL. He's not that guy. He's at his alma mater. He's at a school with great resources. And I think there's uncertainty all around him. Florida hopes they come back. 
but there's uncertainty now. We've had that talk. Tennessee looks like they're coming back under Josh Heupel, but it's very new. Nick Saban is going to retire at some point. Kirby's 46. Nick's in his 70s. Auburn has some uncertainty around it. I think Clemson, for the first time, has some uncertainty around it. LSU might be good under Brian Kelly, but he we don't know. He just got there. Georgia's the one staple with no uncertainty. And don't get me wrong. Alabama just got seven five-stars. I get it. Alabama for the here and now. But he's not coaching forever. He's not. I don't think he's going to be in his 80s as the Alabama football coach. So I think Georgia and Kirby Smart has a pathway, man. And, and by the way, some of those other schools, Florida might come back. Tennessee may stay. LSU may come back quicker than you think. But there's uncertainty because we don't know. What we do know is Georgia looks like they're going to keep on keeping on. I think he's going to be one of the best coaches uh, to ever do it. I really believe that. We'll take a break. When we come back, I give you a take a look at what happened over the football weekend. All that and more. Stay with us. Time for another Monday Rewind. The football weekend sounded like this. And here's Hines on the run back, breaking a tackle and taking it past midfield. And down the sideline he goes. This is storybook. An opening kickoff return for Tamar Hamlin. And this place is absolutely going wild. Here comes Hines again. Oh, my goodness. Can he do it twice? Is this for real? Can you believe it? Even a little Dion strut to the end zone. 101 yards. Do you believe in? No. It's pretty close, Jim. It's pretty close. What this is, is not on here? This is almost like a miracle. Like to have two of these in the same game. I've never seen it. Goff takes the snap, back, looks, throws, caught. First down, Detroit Lions. DJ Chark down inside the 10-yard line. This game is over. Yes. And it is good. Wow, biggest kick of the year for Jason Sanders. With, and he comes through. With 18 seconds left, the Dolphins lead it 9-6. to six. What a big kick for Jason Sanders. The Jacksonville Jaguars are going to win this thing on a defensive play by Josh Allen. The teams are shaking hands. Eight seconds to play. The Jacksonville Jaguars have not won a division title. They were two and six. They were three and seven. It didn't matter. We have hit zeros. The Jaguars have beaten the Tennessee Titans. They just swept them for the first time since 2005. Jacksonville 20. Tennessee 16, the Jags win the AFC South, the Jags have a home game in the NFL playoffs. How good is that? All I do is win, 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 no matter what. Got money on my mind, I can never get enough. And every time I step up in the All right, give a good job on that. That was Nance and Romo. It was Dan Miller on the Lions call. Jimmy Cephalo, longtime play-by-play voice, former player, and Joe Rose on Dolphins Radio, and then we had our call that wrapped up the Jags-Titans game. Great work. Uh, what a weekend in the National Football League. Uh, jobs that are open now. Indianapolis, Arizona, Denver, Houston. Am I missing any? Carolina. Carolina. So there's four, five jobs right now? Yep. Um, Sean Payton. Yeah, you would, going? you would think he's going to take one of them if, if another one doesn't open. Glad we don't have to go through this whole carousel again. You know, I am so glad that we don't have to. Black money didn't affect us very much. Uh, Dan Quinn will be in play for some jobs here. Sean Payton will be in play for some jobs here. I um, Urban Meyer. Urban 
<laughs> you know who's going to get a job? D'Amico Ryans is going to get a job. He's going to get a job, I would think. Um, what surprised you or doesn't or what intrigues you about the carousel this year? Sean Payton, I think, I think Sean Payton's going to be really intriguing because of the compensation that has to go along with that. So New Orleans has a say in where he ends up. And so I think that's going to push him to the AFC, which is just remarkable because there's already such great quarterback depth in the AFC. Now you're going to be adding one of the best coaches that we have in this league going from the NFC with the Saints to what I believe will be an AFC destination. I, I just I hope it's not the Colts. I don't think it will be because I think Sean Payton is really going to uh, hone in on a job where he can win right away. Uh, I don't know that that job is open yet in the AFC because I think the Texans' job isn't very appealing, and I really don't think the Broncos' job is either unless you feel like Russell Wilson was really held back by Nathaniel Hackett and not so much a uh, declining skill set. Uh, but to me, it's it's Sean Payton and, and where he ends up. And then ultimately what the team that's that's hiring Payton, what they give to the Saints. You know, is it is it multiple first rounders? Do the Saints take less, uh, you know, to get him into the AFC? Maybe it's, you know, if it's an AFC team, maybe it's a second rounder and and that's it. So, uh, you know, I, I think I think wherever Sean Payton lands will be from a coaching carousel standpoint. Uh, far and away the the top storyline this offseason. I also was very surprised that Lovey Smith was fired to have back-to-back coaches let go. I understand they didn't play well. They don't have a quarterback. To me, that's not the coach's fault. And so, yeah, now obviously the Texans continue to look for a coach. And as far as the Cardinals go, I mean, that's certainly an attractive job, except the fact to me is that's surprising is Kyler Murray's going to have some input on the head coach. And he's hurt, though. So when, right. when will Kyler Murray even be able to play? He was injured, what, December? So He just had his surgery last week. Probably like September. So, yeah, I mean, he'll probably be ready for week one, but you do wonder the rust, how much will he be able to do in camp. I can't imagine he's going to play in the preseason. So, uh, you know, what's his rust level like week one and how close to 100% is he going to be by week one? So, yeah, that that to me isn't overly attractive, uh, you know, either. Um, because of that, and and you as a head coach, you've got to sort of be committed to uh, you know to to building that offense around Kyler Murray. So uh, I think that's going to be really fascinating, and and really, it, it's not just that we don't have to deal with it because Doug Peterson's done such a magnificent job here. It's that every other team in the AFC South is just a mess. Now Tennessee has their coach in Vrabel. But they've got to hire a GM. They've got to figure out what they're doing with Tannehill and you know what they're going to do with the 11th pick. Do they move up? Do they stay put? Do they take a quarterback? Uh, you know, Houston inexplicably wins yesterday, which was just gold for the Jaguars. Right. Because now if Houston really does want Bryce Young and they've got a trade to go to one to get him, then they've got to give something up. Well, that's good if you're the Jaguars. You want them – uh, you want their ammunition to be lessened in, in having to give the Bears something that they wouldn't have had to have given them had they just lost to the Colts. And then you've got Indianapolis, which is just like, what direction are they going in? You know, Are they going to keep Chris Ballard as GM? What kind of coach are they going to be able to acquire? What are they doing at quarterback? Uh, they have the fourth pick. I mean, it, it really could be you know Bryce Young in Houston and 
C.J. Stroud in Indianapolis, and who knows, maybe Will Levis, Anthony Richardson in Tennessee. Yeah, and the Bears obviously lucked out the fact that the Texans won with now the number one pick, and they don't need a quarterback. And so they, I think, have a lot of flexibility, and, and I don't think they'll have to move that far down yeah. in order you know, to get out of that first overall pick. All right, more about that coming up as the weeks go on. I'm so glad we're not in that conversation. I really am. I literally looked up, we were talking about it earlier as far as when the Jags pick. I was just curious. I know it still will right. shake out as the postseason goes on, but I was like, where, where are they now? And uh, I saw 26, and I was like, Man, the last two years, we have talked about mock drafts since October. Yeah, well. And now we don't even have to look or think about it. Well, that 20, so we, we've certainly made that 20-something <laughs> pick count. What was it Taven Bryan last time it we was. were in the 20s? Yes, absolutely. I think 29th. So Is clearly we make that thing happen. Hey, we'll he's make, still in the league. We'll make that thing happen. He made a play one time <laughs> this season. Um, uh, college basketball, the Gators beat Georgia. The Mike White George Bulldogs lose to the Gators. I will say this. I'm not sure either one of them are very good. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think either one of them are factoring in the league race. Boy, if you're the Gators, you didn't need to lose that one. You didn't need to go to 0-3 in the league, 7-8 and overall, and just lost to the guy that you pretty much kind of ran off. Now, he, he didn't fire him, but uh, when, it was when Georgia was up 13, were you watching? I was. That did not feel right, did it? No. That was not good. I thought, really, how ironic that the guy who used to coach in Gainesville, his team can't stop scoring at this on this court and the Gators are doing the exact opposite but obviously the the script was flipped it was a big win and Florida made some key shots late um offensively I think they are starting to figure some things out they're starting to get some contributions from some uh you know players that that weren't contributing uh um Kugel I thought did an outstanding job uh on both ends and so again I still think it was a it was a big win for Florida I'm sure that was a big uh, sigh of relief for Todd Golden and his staff uh, to get that one. And, you know, again, I, I still think Florida has some good basketball that will come this year. They've dug themselves a little bit too big of a hole, uh, but there's plenty of season left uh, for them to get some really quality wins and uh, and become a factor in the NCAA tournament. The uh, the uh, And we'll see. I, I think they're going to win five or six games in the league. But I don't think I would have – I don't think I had them getting to five or six if they'd have lost that game. You know, so I I think they'll be. I think they're going to be. I think they're looking. Was it eighteen? I think they're looking at six and twelve, seven and eleven. But we'll see. Florida um, plays LSU tomorrow night uh, in Baton Rouge, and uh, LSU just lost sixty nine to fifty six to Texas A and M. Yeah, well, that's encouraging. Yeah. But LSU's off to a great start, but I feel better because I think Texas A and M was very good. Right. So that is encouraging. It makes me feel a little bit better. To your point, Kugel, Richard, and Lofton need to play. They probably don't need to play a power forward. I know you want to play a power forward because you want more size. But Fudge is up and down, and Felder doesn't help him very much. So they need to go smaller. And Felder might as well not even be on the team. Yeah, it and, seems and, like at this point. And when he gets in there, not, not much happens. Yeah, you know. So, so we'll see. What, it, it's going to be interesting. Uh, Hayes, how do you feel? You said it the other day, but I do want to know because we're going to get back to Jaguar talk in a minute when John Osher. How do you feel about some of these early top twenty fives? Uh, I think uh, FSU's fifth or sixth. Mm -hmm. Tennessee ninth. Mm -hmm. LSU seventh. Mm -hmm. Georgia first. Mm -hmm. How you feel? Yeah, and I think Utah is like twelve. <laughs> you know, where you start your season at Utah, uh, and uh, is Vanderbilt and Missouri yeah. fourth and fifth? I, I, mean, I mean, again, Florida could be Florida could be improved and still be six and six. Correct. I mean, it's just it's a it was a brutal schedule this year. It is going to be a brutal schedule next year, yeah. and it's uh, you know, and like we said, we don't know the twenty twenty four SEC part yet, but we know the out of conference component. 
is Miami UCF and Florida State. So uh, Florida really did themselves no favors in terms of putting these football schedules together. And, uh, you know, it's great to play these games, and certainly there's a lot of excitement. But when you're trying to build something up, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's going to be really hard on Billy Napier. And, and he may be doing a good job, and you're still not really going to see it reflected in the wins and losses because they are – got to figure, of all the blue blood programs, I mean, like a lot of times like Vanderbilt will play the nation's hardest schedule because they're awful and they play a bunch of really good teams – you don't normally see like really good programs have like the hardest schedule because they kind of are themselves a pretty good program and Florida schedule next year. It's got to be, I mean, who else is going to have an out of conference of Utah at Utah and Florida state at home? Yeah. I mean, that, that easily could be good point. a team that goes, Utah could win that league again. Yeah. And uh, Florida state, I think a lot of people are starting to gravitate towards picking the Knowles to win the ACC over Clemson. So you might be playing two power five champions out of your league, which by the way is head and shoulders, the best league. How about, how about, how about Florida state went from coach on the hot seat, (laughs) couldn't get out of their own way to four months later, people expect them to be a top 10 team. And he said it, he said it a month ago, they're going to be a top 10 team next year to start the season. How about that? I mean, I mean, I mean, give that guy credit, man. How about that? They're gonna give be a- Mike Norvell credit. Give Jordan Travis a ton of credit. Yeah, yeah. Returning yeah. a lot of those players are returning, and that's certainly yeah. because Mike Norvell has created the type of culture yeah. that they want to really stay and play. All right, back to Jaguar football. After this, we'll take a break. Johnny O stops by the O Show after this on Ten Ten XL and on ninety two point five FM. Now it's time for the O Show with John Osher from Jaguars.com. Oh, oh, oh. Johnny O is here. If there's any negative emails now, oh, I can forget. You get them during the game, don't you? Oh, yeah. It, it, how, how are they doing during the game? It was, uh, are they happy? You know what's funny? They weren't as negative during the difficult stretch of that game as they usually are. And I think there was overall a feeling of, you know what, everything was gravy to this point. Um, now there were a few, but I'm saying sometimes when it's bad early in a game, it's, you know, people are getting fired before the end of the game. You know what I mean? So it wasn't that, uh, there, I think there was more disappointment. Uh, and then as soon as they got it back to 10, seven, all the emails sort of stopped for a long time because it was so nervous, you know, it was such a tight game. Take me through. So Jag fan watching game. During the game, don't ask me to go into their mind. No, no, I'm, but but that's exactly what I'm asking you to do. A profiler. Yeah, Jag. Jag I'm 55, but I'm no, too young for that. No, J- Jag fan watching game, and uh, and he's in front of his TV or at the game or whatever, and he he's, he's and I it's down seven nothing. Okay, the mentalist. Yeah, and I and I'm thinking, what are you gonna do? I'm gonna fire off an email to Johnny O. I'm gonna fire off an email to Ozone. There's is a that, few is that, is that that. There's a couple where I swear I get 15 or 20 a game from. Okay, I mean, so but part of the, part of watching the game, the venting to them is sending you the email. Yeah. See, a lot of people, you, you know, my, one of my favorite people in the world is Hacker. I love Hacker. Brought him ha- over here. I love Hacker. But Hacker's way of venting when he, is Twitter. So if, if Hacker, and, and I love Hacker, I, I, I'm not talking behind Hacker's back. He's my boy. But if, if, if the team he's rooting for 
like gives up a first down, right? <laughs> Hacker's going to go to Twitter and be angry with his team, and mm-hmm. that's okay. A lot of fans do it. I, I get just as angry with my team. I just so don't he's do it on Hayes, except for not on Twitter. That's, he's Hayes. He's, he's, <laughs> Hayes, Hayes, just, Hayes just doesn't do it on right. Twitter. And, and I love Hacker, but he just gets angry with his yeah. team. So your guys send you the emails. There's a few, and then. Uh, yeah, I mean, and and in fairness to Hacker, when he's happy with his team, he also goes on. Many Twitter, so. conclusions are jumped to. <laughs> I mean, it's it, it's going to be interesting because now that they are, I don't know what's going to happen Saturday again, but I think they're going to be good for a while, um, and I think fans are going to learn that you you're not up seven nothing, then fourteen nothing, then seventeen nothing, then seventeen three, then thirty one. Not all games are like that. Right. Sometimes in the NFL, you come back and. Sometimes you have a bad start or the other team gets paid. You know, yeah. all that stuff that are cliches. I've been writing that for years, right. but they've always lost, so right. nobody realized that was true. So you vent, you vent, you vent to – what I'm going to start doing is when I'm watching a Pirates game, when the Pirates go down 4-1 to one to the Reds, you know what I'm going to do? Send John an email. Yeah. yeah. That's what I'm going to do. Well, my understanding – I don't follow often. baseball that much, but my understanding that happens a lot. <laughs> it does happen a lot. <laughs> well, no, actually this year we went from 101 losses to 100. That's pretty good. You know what you call that, John? Progress. Progress. Is what that progress. Is. Hey, quick, quick. Uh, big picture. The Jags didn't play well, found a way to win the game. My take on it has been, and I'm always glasses half full guy, but when you become a good team, mm-hmm. that's what ha- When you become a good team, you find a way to win games different ways. I also think there's an element. Uh, Doug Peterson talked about it during his, his uh, presser today. And sometimes coaches have coach speak, sometimes they're right. On this one, I think he, he was dead on. That. That week 18 game when it's for everything, if you look back in the history of those, they're always there's always a lot of weirdness. Yeah. I, I did think I didn't expect them to be this. I I I thought there were clearly nerves on Saturday. Uh, I I thought that the the coaching staff very much wanted through much of that game not to put the players in a position to make a a a fatal mistake. Um the Titans also did exactly what you thought they would do. There was only one way that an underdog usually can win a game. It's, wh- it's the way the Titans tried to play it the other night. It just so happened that that's the way they can really play. So it played into their hands. Um, I, I thought the Jaguars did a great job for the most part of continuing in the second half, continuing to push jo- Josh Dobbs back toward his own goal line pressure that situation, pressure the advantage that you had with a young quarterback until finally it broke. Um, and I thought they played very well special teams and defense. They just didn't, they just didn't play well offensively because um, the Titans have a really good defensive line and, and the Titans' defensive line won that edge. Uh, mm-hmm. I thought it was credit to them for, uh, for coming out with a win. Do you expect the offense to bounce back against the Chargers? I expect – Yes, because the defense is is not as good. Uh, but secondly, I, I expect the Jaguars to be much bolder and much more aggressive offensively because I think that game will call for that. Uh, again, I think the Titans game the other night, they didn't want to make that fatal mistake. Also, the Jaguars – didn't play great offensively, but they also gave away 11 points in the in the first half in the red zone. Now, the first one, the pitch uh, fumble wasn't really a red zone turnover, but it really was. It felt like that. And then they missed a wide-open receiver. 
in the end zone, give you 10 points on those drives, and all of a sudden that offensive performance doesn't quite feel like the result felt. So I, I think they're okay offensively. I think they played a really good defense and uh, didn't have their best night. Yeah, I would say so too. I think Rayshon Jenkins is the best player on this defense. Who do you think is the second best on defense? I think Josh Allen's still the best player on the defense. Okay. Uh, I mean, uh, Rayshon has done a great job of making big plays at key moments. In a way, he, he sort of defines the defense. Um, the big plays at key moments, thing, I don't think it's a great defense, but it's got 27 takeaways. Uh, which is up 18 from last year. I think it's fourth or fifth in the league. It's, it's somewhere up there. Uh, they have managed to continue to fight and to play hard in every situation this year. And, and that, in a way, I think this, I think they believe they're a great defense, even if they're not, and that that has served them well to continue to play hard, to continue to make the plays when it absolutely matters. And they come up with the plays when it matters. It's it's a remarkable defense on that front. That's a good segue to my thought on your question. I think Foye Luakon is their best player. I don't think he's their most talented player. I think the guy with the upside is when the light goes on and starts happening, to your point about Josh Allen, mm-hmm. he can be an elite pass rusher, I hope. Um, I think Foye Luakon is the heart and soul of what you just described, John. Yeah. That gritty, tough, play better than we are, believe we can do it when other people don't. He, he led the league in tackles again, mm-hmm. and Hayes had a great stat. In, in, in solo tackles, he led the league by 20 tackles. Yeah. I mean, I think he's a really good player. Here's a striking, and I don't want to steal Jeff's thunder because I know he goes on another yeah. show tomorrow. Yeah. But uh, talking to Lagerman today, he made a really interesting point about both Jenkins and Aluakun uh, that in watching the tape, you could put your finger down on any of the 72 plays and you're never going to see either of those guys not going full throttle, mm-hmm. not going. And, you know, he wasn't saying that other players take plays I off. I get it. I get it. It totally was just it. the unbelievable intensity that you wonder where they get all the energy from throughout the entire game. That it, It's remarkable, those two guys. And I only bring that up to steal his thunder because he's watched a lot of tape over the years. Yeah, and, and, he, and he really does. And this absolutely stood out to him. The effort that those two guys play with is why they are such effective players. What do you think becomes of the Titans now? They just announced they're firing their offensive coordinator, Todd Downing, and three I think their other. Their offensive coordinator is getting fired. Yeah, you think he's in trouble? Yeah, I, I um, but what, By the way, I thought he had a great plan. <laughs> I, I, he I, did. I, I thought I mean, the same I thought, thing. I thought I mean, he coached a great game. I did too. I actually with, did. With limited yeah. ability. Yeah. Um, but I know that he's been maligned throughout the year. But, um, but yeah, I, I, I thought their plan was, was really was really savvy. Um, but what do you make of the Titans and, and throw in the Colts and Texans well, in terms of forecasting the resistance the Jaguars might encounter over the next few years? Well, you've seen it a lot, and it's the conventional wisdom, I think, is is very true. I, don't th- I think the Titans will be better next year than they were this year because it, it stands to reason they will not be as injured as they have the last couple of years. Um I think Vrabel's a good coach, and they believe he does a great job of always having buy-in from all the players, and that goes a long way in this league. So I think they'll be better because they won't be as injured. But I also think that they're not going to have the best quarterback in the division because the Jaguars are. And I don't think Derrick Henry is going to ascend from here. I don't know that he's going to decline, but he's not going to be a better player than he has been the last, what, three or four years. So 
they've got to figure out how to take a step and when you lose seven in a row, you've got to figure out what happened. The Colts and the Titans, I mean, I'm not going to say they're in as bad a quarterback situation as the Colts and the Titans because it sounds like Tannehill will come back and he has been a solid quarterback who has won a lot of big games. So they're not deficient in the quarterback position, but I don't think they're going to be great. The other two teams have to find their quarterback and then start trying to figure out if that quarterback's the right quarterback. Uh, that can take time, and it doesn't always work out. So they've got to figure it out moving forward. They do. It does feel like things are finally changing. Saturday night, if the Titans don't have that holding penalty that negated that long Derrick Henry run, it feels like that game is probably going Tennessee's way. And it finally feels like that's something that goes in the Jaguars' favor. And for the longest time, that's been us talking about on Monday, if only the Jaguars didn't have that hold. The Jaguars earned their way to the playoffs. But if Dobbs had tried to throw the ball to Josh Allen, he couldn't have thrown a more perfect pass. Right. It was, it was a bounce pass with a football from 30 yards that bounced right to Josh Allen's right. hand. Um, Rayshon Jenkins, the interception against Dallas, could not have been more fortuitous. This team has had its breaks. It's had things go its way. Now, it, you have to play well enough to earn your way to that spot. But I kept rewatching the Josh Dobbs fumble to Josh Allen and thinking, my goodness, this, this team that hadn't been able to buy a break for years. Right got an incredible one and good for them. Yeah, and I, I think that's 100% correct. But I also think the other thing you said a moment ago, the Jags, you knew – here's a story on Josh Dobbs. Great kid, good athlete, smart as heck, great teammate, everything you want, great leader, everything you want a quarterback, his arm's no good. So you knew when you got him in third and 15, third and 17 mm-hmm. – then, then he was in trouble. The reason he's not in the league, the only reason is he doesn't have very good arm, which, by the way, is kind of important with an NFL quarterback. And they kept putting him under pressure, Correct. under pressure, under pressure ev- the whole game. And eventually he would throw one off his back foot, hence the Campbell interception. Eventually he was going to hold one a little too long, uh, right. hence, the, hence the last play. So that's a lot of what the Jaguars did, but I agree with you. That ball could have bounced a lot of ways. It bounced like a basketball. It, yeah, it really did. A hundred ways it could have bounced, bounced right to him. We'll take a break. Let's talk about the Jags Chargers after this with Johnny O. Stay with us. An all-out blitz. They hit him as he likes to go. The ball comes out. The ball comes out and it's picked up. The Jags are running it back. The Jags are running it back. The Jags are going to run it into the end zone. Josh Allen scores a touchdown. Josh Allen is running back for a touchdown for Jacksonville. So the Jags win that one. They move along. They, um... Play the Chargers now, John, 38-10 in Los Angeles, but a whole different Chargers team. Mike Williams will play. Keenan Allen will play. Bosa is uh, recovered from the injury that he suffered during the game. Um, so how does that game, if any way, affect this game? Uh, very little. My understanding is the Mike Williams thing is a thing to watch this week. Right. Um, because if it, if he's not playing, their offense is, is uh, dramatically different. And uh, so uh, from people I've talked to out there, they say that's going to be something to watch all week. You know, I don't think it it makes much different. They've been an odd team this year. They, uh, they thought they were going to be really good defensively. And they've been okay defensively. They struggled at times defensively. They were bad yesterday. And they didn't want to be bad, meaning they went into that game and they played their guys and they let Russell Wilson have a big day. 
uh, my understanding is, is it was an odd vibe in the locker room afterward that it, it was very much not a, hey, we're going to the playoffs type thing. That's great for Jacksonville. It was a quiet locker room. They were bothered by the uh, result. So it, it kind of cast a weird vibe on them moving forward. Um, they were really good defensively for about four games when they went and clinched, yeah. which they went from 6-6 six and six to 10-6 and six and clinched. Uh, that was really the only time they were great defensively this year. And they've been odd offensively. They haven't, uh, they've had a lot of injuries. They haven't quite been what they wanted to be or as consistent as they wanted to be. Uh, they feel like a team that's 10 and 7 and sort of has earned their way to that. They're probably a 10 and 7 team. Uh, so I don't think that game means much because they were so beat up. But um, it's not at all a game where the Jaguars should feel like they're the underdog going in. How do you view the intangibles of this game when you look at the Chargers on a short week, long trip, cold weather expected, and probably not going to be a ton of Chargers fans, I wouldn't think, there Saturday night? I don't know that the cold weather or the or the, or the lack of Chargers fans matter, um, but that going east on a short week, uh, if, if you talk to trainers, football people, physio people, whatever, that matters. So that's... That should be advantage Jaguars. All the fans who were upset about short week last week, that should be an advantage. Now, how big of an advantage does it play out on the field? I don't know. But historically, that sort of thing should be an advantage. And I think, um, you know, the there's no way that the energy the other night on key plays didn't help this team. I'm not usually a believer that that's a major factor in the NFL, but – Sometimes when there's an energy around a franchise, uh, particularly when it's young, when it's a young energy for a team that's, ju- that's just starting to uh, learn itself, I think it's going to be a big factor for the Jags on on Saturday. And, and it's frankly why I expect them to win. Do you expect another trick play coming from Doug Peterson? Um, yeah, because it's who he is. Uh, I thought the other night's trick play, it, it blew up on him, but I understood why he did it. Uh, for coaches, that sort of a play is a way to be aggressive without putting your quarterback in a situation where he has to take a risk. Mm-hmm. I think when you draw it up, that doesn't feel like a risky play. When the pitch is bad, it becomes very risky. But I think that was the spirit of that. But I don't know that he's going to coach that way again. I don't think it's going to be a let's make sure the offense doesn't make mistakes kind of game. That's what it felt like the other night. I think they'll be much more aggressive this week because – I, th- I think there's much more of a house money feel with this game for this team. Now. No question. Um, and it's really house money if they win this game. But there's even a little bit of that yeah. now, isn't there? Well, I think it's odd. I was thinking about this more today because I just ha- it hadn't occurred to me. Had the Titans had the better record the other night, had it, had it gotten to where the Titans were 9-8, and eight, the Jaguars are, uh, uh, or 9-7, or and seven, the Jaguars yeah. were 8-8, eight and, eight, and they had still – felt like they were hunting, I think that game feels different. But there was a vibe around last week that they had already gotten ahead of them, and all of a sudden they were the team that was supposed to win. Correct. So I think that somehow that affected things. I don't think you'll have that same effect because – and Dobbs right. being there. Felt like you ought to win it. With Herbert playing, I don't think there's going to be that overwhelming feeling of, hey, this is the Jaguars game. Yeah, the Jaguars had not been the favored team hardly at all. Yeah, and then all of a sudden they're thrust yeah. into it. it. Right. They had not – I mean – the hard, maybe at home against the Texans early in the year, but they had not been the favored team. But not like all. that, right? All of a that sudden, that felt like it was a coronation. So, yeah. uh, I just well, not to the team, but in, in the community, that's what it felt like. And, and to that end, John, 
it felt like, oh, my God, if you lose, you blew it. Right. If they lose this week, people will be disappointed, but it's not like, oh, my God, no you blew it. If they lost last week, and we talked about that on the air before the game, that's yeah. what they had to deal with is the pressure of, oh, my God, how, how, do you, how can you lose this game when you're one game away and they're having to play Josh Dobbs and you're at home and you've already beaten him and it's at night and crowd. And they blinked and were there. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't like they had had a chance to get used to that sort of feeling. It was like one week you're the underdog, the yeah. Cinderella, and then all of a sudden you're favored. So how does, in your opinion, how does because you made a great point about the energy. There's no question the energy affected that game, and I and I'm with you. That can be overrated at times, but watching as much college football as I mm-hmm. have, that's what it, it felt like. Where it really affects those games. So how is it different in your opinion in a in what's going to be a little bit of a track meet game? Because that was just the opposite last week. Because I think energy tends to affect a track meet game even more. That that that's been my experience when watching these Florida State and Florida games in the '90s and whatnot. The crowd's more involved when. When fireworks are flying, do you see it that way? Could be. I, I think energy can really help a defense. Obviously, I, I thought energy really helped that game in the fourth quarter the other night where it felt like the Titans were playing offense against 12 people. Something, right, you know, right, it, right, and right. So uh, how it affects a track meet game, I think it can affect it because there's more possessions and maybe – you get that one turnover where you have more opportunities to do it. You get a pick six that's going the other way. Um, you know, almost like that Steelers game up uh, 45-42 up there, except it, it doesn't apply because that was a road game. But I anticipate something like that. Uh, and I think the crowd that day helped the Steelers get back into it. Yeah. So. Hayes, I guess my point on that is that, that crowd couldn't wait to cheer Friday or Saturday night. But there weren't a whole lot of things to cheer for. Right. There was the sack fumble for the touchdown that won it. There was the touchdown to Kirk. But there weren't a whole lot of things. I think that's what, what kept the energy down a little bit is uh, Derrick Henry for six yards, second True. and four, second and three, third and one, first down. Well, I think when the ball's all over the place, there's all kind of stuff to I think cheer the Chargers for. style, to your point, I get you yeah. were saying. I think the Chargers style will – make it more difficult for them to keep the fans out of the yes, game. Yes, that, that, that yeah. you said it more succinctly than I did. Yeah. I, that's what I think. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, Justin Herbert's done so much since he entered the league, still such a young player. I was surprised. I don't, I don't know why. It's his playoff debut. Mm-hmm. just feels like he must have made the tournament one of these two years, and, and he hasn't. Well, they were sort of anointed. They were treated all last year like a playoff team. Uh even when they didn't make it. And barely missed, And they were yeah. sort of there all year. They were, I think they were 9-8 and eight last year. They were. they were. They were above 500 all year, and you felt like it was sort of inevitable. And they had that weird loss to the Raiders in the last game of the season, which was kind of a playoff game the same way that game the other night was. So it felt like they were in the playoffs. And uh, my understanding is um, he hasn't had quite the numbers kind of season that people expected him to, but – the thought out there is that injuries around him uh, and some inconsistency around him, and he had the rib mm-hmm. that sort of uh, he had to come back from th- for three or four weeks. There's not much concern out there that he's not an ascending, you know, everything that you thought he was the first two years. Oh, no, and I'm not insinuating that. I think he's spectacular and going to have a, a huge career. But I, I do think it's interesting when you look at this matchup Trevor, I think you can make a case, is a little bit more battle-tested, mm-hmm. at least in an environment like this. Now, he didn't play well, right? Uh, but at least 
he's now gone through it, and I do think he will True. be the better for it uh, Saturday night against the Chargers, where Herbert, you, you kind of have to uh, – you can't just assume, I guess, is, is what right. I'm saying. I mean, he's a great player. Right. But it doesn't mean he's going to be a great player in a playoff environment. Yeah, and this year they haven't quite had the pressure environment, I don't think, that the Jaguars have had the last four or five weeks. It, uh, 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 something remarkable that I'm sure other people have noticed, I just saw it today. The last four home games, they've come from 17 down against the Raiders, 9 down against the Ravens, 10 down against the Titans, and 17 down against Dallas. And you can make a pretty strong argument wow. that those might be – if you're compiling a list of the biggest, most dramatic home victories in this franchise's history, all four of those are in the top ten. I would think. I mean, it's a uh, hard, hard uh, argue. of memory-type games, and they've come from a combined, what, 60 points down in them. Yeah. It, it, it's been a remarkable run on that front. And that, to me, we've talked so much positive stuff about Doug Peters, and it's all deserved. But that, to me, really shows off where he's a skilled leader and coach is his team has been that far behind, and mm-hmm. yet they still believe in one another. They believe in him that they're going to be able to come back and win. Yeah, I thought the one thing when he got hired that I kept going back to was in 17, 18, and 19 with Philadelphia, how Wentz gets hurt, Foles comes in, everybody knows that story. But, but then the next – here we go, fine. Um, uh, I'm bad. I take the, full responsibility. Um, it's getting jiggy with it over there. This uh, is who uh, I am. 18 and 19, though, both of those Eagles teams had to win games later. I, I, I think they won over the course of those two years. I think their last seven games combined. They won four in a row one year, three the other. He's very good at holding the team together late in the season, under pressure week after week after week. Uh he, he he's off the charts good on that front to me. Yeah, and, uh, and which has truly been proven this year. All right, before you go, give me a score. Who's going to win? I think Jags win 31-28-ish, yeah. something yeah. like that. I think it's going to be high scoring. Um, you know, I, But I think I think they'll get down. I think they'll figure out a way to win. I, I have a different kind of confidence to win this week than I did last week, which sounds crazy. Last week, I thought they were going to win. Because I didn't think Josh Dobbs could beat them. Right. But, but I worried about the mojo. I worried about Vrabel and the, the, the series and all the pressure on the Jags, to your point mm-hmm. earlier, and the, and, and the Titans playing free and easy and the chip on their shoulder. I worried about all that. So I, I picked the Jags to win. I thought they were going to win. But that stuff ate at me. I don't see any of that. I, mm-hmm. I think the Jags are going to play loose and free and easy. If they lose, the Chargers are just better. You know, does that make sense? I, yeah. I, I, this game, so I think Jags are going to win. I'm like you. I think 35-24, 35-27. I think a high-scoring game. But I don't – mojo and magic and history and rivalry and all that stuff, I, none of that. This is just a football game. No, and because I think in this one, I think everybody felt it. When that pitch hit the ground and, it, and the Titans recovered. I know. I went, oh, no, here we go. I know. We all the whole st- anyone said they didn't was is right. not telling the truth. But again, I think what's notable is this team didn't. You know, right. It, it, right. Most Jaguars <laughs> teams, if that happens to, they lose the game. Right. And this team, I think, believes it's the team that comes from seventeen down. Well, let me just say what you that's the best comment of the day. Most, the, I'll even take the Jaguars out of that. Most teams, sure. most teams expect they're going to lose when that happens. Right. The ones who don't. 
are the ones who have learned how to win and right. believe they're going to win and have that something. I, I, I'm telling you, I watched, I covered and watched Georgia football all through the 80s and Vince Dooley. It didn't matter what happened. They kind of knew they were going to beat you. Right. I don't care if you were Florida, Auburn, Tennessee. They kind of, you know, mm -hmm. they kind of, the Jags almost felt like that. Not, we didn't. Right. But they almost felt like somehow they knew they were going to win that well, game. Well, and uh, to your point, the Titans played a game in the style that they always win, and the Jaguars beat them at it. That's a great point. John, uh, Johnny O from uh, Jaguars.com. Great work today, John. We appreciate it. Guys, Lauren, thank you. Lauren, we'll wrap the program in news and notes after this. What's going on in the world? It's time for Frangie Show News and Notes. Here's Lauren Brooks. Is this the real life? Is this just bad God, you're good. Caught in a landslide. No escape from reality. What was the tweet, Hayes, this song, Bohemian Rhapsody? Bohemian Rhapsody hit number one on the UK chart today Okay. in 1976. Very nice. I would say. One of my favorite Queen songs, but I think everybody, one of everybody's favorite. Well, I would say is um, is anthem, is the, anth the anthems go. Mm -hmm. I would say it's on the ballot with Stairway to Heaven and Piano Man and Hey Jude is greatest rock anthem ever, wouldn't you, wouldn't you I say? I would, and it, particularly it, it, it's. As recognizable yeah, to absolutely. the band, yeah. it's, I mean, you hear, you immediately know this is Queen. Yeah, I, I yeah. would, I would say, on the ballad of best rock an rock anthems ever. I concur. All right, time for news and notes. As always, it's brought to you by Doubled Up Sport Fishing Charters. If you've been trying to figure out something fun to do this new year, well, I highly recommend booking them for a half day, full day, or even an overnight private fishing charter aboard the luxury 50-foot custom Carolina Helios with Captain John Sheffield. Just visit doubledupsportfishingcharters.com or on Facebook to book your charter. Have you been out yet? I have not yet. I'm kind of waiting like most people in warmer. this business. Well, no, not necessarily that. Just after football season. Ah, good point. Kind of, kind of need uh, a weekend yeah, uh, off uh, yeah, before I get to go fishing. But I'm, to be busy. But I am not, not hoping that that's anytime soon. I will say that. We haven't had an un uninterrupted weekend <laughs> other than maybe the bye. Bye weekend was wonderful. Um, well, and Thursday night Jets. Then we Thursday got the night whole weekend. Jets. So you're, nice. you're, again, we have the greatest jobs ever. But it is amazing how in terms of stuff you want to do and right. friends you want to see and sure. things like that. Like, we haven't had more than two uninterrupted weekends since, like, July 26th. Yeah, yes, right. since and my birthday. And we're now <laughs> into, well into January. Yeah. Meaningful football in and January. And we love it. Which, we by absolutely way, which love it. Which, by the way, is we, awesome. <laughs> we hope that That's what we want. we'll be able to say that it's yeah. mid-February yeah. and we haven't been able to have an uninterrupted weekend. You got that right. Uh, a few things uh, going back to Saturday night that I wanted to get to that we haven't uh, talked about. The joint prayer before the game between the Titans and Jaguars mm -hmm. I thought was tremendous. Absolutely tremendous. I worried at first because I didn't know it was coming. I said, are they jawing at each other? I just went up at first glance. You know, I, said, I did I, too. I, I Gosh, I hope they're not jawing at each other. And then, then but one instant later you saw what it was and it was just fantastic. Just a fantastic moment in that stadium. I thought so too. I couldn't tell who led it. Brian said maybe Logan Cook from TV, but I couldn't Did quite I tell, could, I couldn't tell from yeah being in the press box. But I just thought it was great. All right, Trevor Lawrence's regular season: four thousand one hundred and thirteen yards, sixty-six point three percent completion, twenty-five touchdowns, eight picks. Pretty good. What a great player he's going to be. I mean, what a great, great, great. What a what a second year, which in a lot of ways was his first year. Mm -hmm. North of four thousand, twenty-five and eight. Uh, Five straight wins. 
What what a freaking year for Trevor Lawrence. He has a higher it's not over. It's not over. He has a higher passer rating than Justin Herbert, who mm-hmm. again, that's not to besmirch Herbert. Right. He's a great player. Every he deserves all the praise that he gets. But just to put it in perspective, your quarterback had a higher passer rating this season than Justin Herbert, who everybody believes is a star. It's it's awesome. It really is. For the first time since 1999, all three teams from the state of Florida have yeah. made the playoffs, the Dolphins, the Bucks, and the Jaguars. Yeah, and you know what? Good. Good. And I uh and I would say of those three, the Jaguars have the greatest staying power. The Bucks obviously will go as Brady goes because he may play till he's seventy. But uh, this is probably his last not there. year there yeah, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And and I would and I would suggest that the Dolphins still have to figure out quarterback. I I, I just think that there's too much about Tua that we don't know. The arm he's still strength, not cleared to play. The, in, the, the, the proneness to injury, the arm strength, I just worry. I, I just wonder. So I would think the Jags are the best built to continue to do this of the three. I, I would agree. It's, it is really cool that they all made it because we've talked about how just all three of them, you know, for, for a lot of their recent history, haven't been particularly good. Um, but uh, it's, yeah, I would say, I mean, they're, they're, they're all three underdogs this week. Miami, I think, has no chance. They're like a ten and a half point underdog. They're going to need everything to happen for them to go upset Buffalo. Um, I would think Dallas beats Tampa, um, but, you know, but that's a little bit closer. And you've got the Brady certainly mystique there. I would not bet on that one because of yeah. how Dax played down yeah, the stretch. That, I wouldn't bet on that. That'd be a one. tough one. I agree. And then, uh, yeah, I think I think the Jaguars would inspire the most confidence of of the three in in this weekend's matchups. This is the first time in franchise history the Jaguars have a primetime playoff game. I saw that today. I had no idea. As electric as it was Saturday night, can you imagine when this is for a chance to eventually go to the Super Bowl? What did you say earlier this season, Frank? Win them all down the stretch, and you you win the Super Bowl. You win it all. About five games ago, I said, listen. They they win all their games. They'll be Super Bowl champions. They're they're no. It's not like they can win and still not get in. They win them all. You know, we we did count on the Titans to have one more loss, which they got before they got here. But I said win them all, and they win the Super Bowl, and they're still in position. By the way, you're four wins away. Yeah, yeah. And by, well, correct. And if they if they win Saturday, they're in the Elite Eight. Okay, right. You you if you win Saturday, you're in the Elite Eight. Of the, there's 32 teams. Okay, so you're in the top 25 percentile. By winning a home game that I think you're going to win, I mean, what what a turnaround from a year ago! What a turnaround from October! Well, well yeah. correct, <laughs> but, correct. But I mean, I mean, you're they win that game Saturday night, and I in my heart of hearts, I do believe they're going to. They're in the elite eight of the National Football League. What in the world? It's, it's incredible. It's miraculous. Like someone tweeted us, uh, they want that play, the Rayshon hitting the ball out of Josh Dobbs' hand and, and Josh Allen returning it for a touchdown to be the River City miracle. Yeah, yeah I saw <laughs> I that. I kind of like that. All right, the home and away Jaguars opponents are set for next season. You've got, of course, the AFC South teams, and you've got the Bengals, Ravens, Falcons, Panthers, Chiefs, and 49ers at home. It is going to be a tough year because you know, when you when you win, the way, the, league, the, the way to maintain parity in your league is have first-place teams play other first-place teams, and that's why you have a first-place schedule, which is great, but it may, that's what makes it so hard to keep, to keep making the playoffs. But I'll say this, what makes it even harder for the, for the Jags is they've also caught the, NFC North, uh, the AFC North this year or next year. So that means, I mean, the AFC North is Cincinnati, who's arrived with one of the best quarterbacks in football, the Ravens and the Steelers, who aren't great, but they're always pretty good, 
I mean, the Steelers, again, don't have a losing record. I, they, I was certain they were going to have a losing record this year, and they found a little something. I'm not sure their quarterback's as good as some of these others are going to be, but they found a little something. The Ravens are always going to be competitive. I don't care what goes on. He's going to make them competitive. So in addition to the first-place schedule, you get the AFC North, which is tough sledding. Yeah, one thing that is uh, really attractive about it is the uh, primetime possibilities because you, you look at, I think, five games that, that would all be very attractive. Cincinnati at Jacksonville, San Francisco at Jacksonville, Kansas City at Jacksonville, uh, and then two games on the road that I think would have uh, merit as well. Jacksonville at Buffalo, Jacksonville at Pittsburgh. Uh, Jacksonville at Tampa Bay would have some, but I don't think Brady's going to be there. Uh, but if Brady does return to Tampa Bay, then that one could have uh, some allure as well. But, you know, and they're, they're not going to get three or four, I mean, unless they, like, win the Super Bowl. Yeah. Uh, but I do think that you'll see them get one or two uh, Monday night football, Sunday night football, somewhere in there. I could see them getting this, a third one. Yeah, this schedule's great. And, uh, and, I, and I don't think you're going to see much in the div- way of the division. Right. I don't think Titans, Jaguars, or I, yeah. I, don't, I don't think league executives, are, unless like Aaron Rodgers shows up in Nashville. You know, but short of Tennessee pulling some great quarterback uh, this offseason – Certainly, Indianapolis and Houston are not going to be very attractive to to the league and for prime time. But so I don't think the division helps you much there. But I certainly think they've got five really good yeah. non divisional games that could draw prime time interest. I think if they win Saturday and they get in that elite eight, and Trevor Lawrence looks the part, continues to look the part. This franchise that typically gets that one Thursday night or homer away. I think could get a third. I think it's I think it's commonly accepted if you get to the elite eight, you're going to get a second. I think they could get a third. Most people think they're getting at least two. If they win this week, they're going to get at least two. Uh, I think they could get a third. I really do. And once you have that franchise quarterback, that's when the league wants to put those matchups on prime time because it's always Trevor yeah. Lawrence versus. Yeah, and, and you fill in the blanks. And we need something like that to mitigate because our market's never going to generate good ratings because of the market, the size of the market. That's just the way it is. So you need to mitigate that with something with some star value and, and some, some allure, and certainly Trevor is that. There you have it. And one thing also we have not gotten to yet today, DeMar Hamlin was released from the hospital yeah. and now will be transferred to a hospital in Buffalo, and he tweeted out how grateful he is for all the love and prayers. And I just can't get over how great of an ending a story that looked yeah. so awful began. I don't think we can call it a tragic story anymore. Yeah, I talked to Joe Buck for a little bit, and, uh, and they did such a good job about that and I didn't have have time to sit down with Joe and ask you know what it was like but I told him he did a great job with it and I can only imagine you know what that what that was like for those guys you know and again I was in about when I went in to see Joe I was in a hurry and we we only had four or five minutes to talk so but I I, yeah and he's probably been asked about it a thousand times anyway but but I thought all the broadcasters did a wonderful job and I love the fact that it ended the way it did totally agree certainly that's a wrap let's say hello to Rick Belova now, the two-minute drill, brought to you by Tire Outlet. Keeping the rubber on the road with wholesale prices and premium service. Tire Outlet, Jacksonville's largest locally owned automotive repair shop. Ricky B's here. What's yeah. up there, Rick? How are you, brother? Oh, I'm doing well. How about you guys? Well, you know what? Playoff madness Fun is weekend. what it is. It's playoff madness, Rick. How about that. Isn't that great? Relevant football in the middle yeah. part of January. Who would have thought it? We were just talking about it. Think about it. If they win Saturday, and I think they're going to, yeah. They're in the elite eight of the NFL one year after all the crap. Yeah. Isn't it pretty, if you really look back, isn't it pretty amazing? 
It doesn't make any sense. I mean, they've won five in a row, seven of nine, and they keep winning in different ways. I mean, it was defense and special teams the other night. Where was the offense? And, you know, it's kind of a nice problem to have that if part of your game is lacking, the other part is able to to turn around and and fix it. Uh, I, for one, would be the first to tell you, and I was sitting next to Brooksy, uh, they were down 10 nothing. There was never a doubt for me yeah. that they were going to come back and win that game. Now, it got a little hairy there yeah, within yeah, a couple yeah, of yeah. minutes, <laughs> and you needed a defensive yeah. score. But it just kind of felt to me like the entire game that they would find a way when it was all said and done. Yeah, boy, it was something. It was something. All right, I got a lot coming up. Who wins tonight? What do you think about tonight's game? How do you I, like it? I, I, Georgia you roll know, them, you think? It, these games, they're usually – one of two things. It's either a last play win or a blowout. It's it's very rarely it's not in between. Yeah, you know, a one or two possession game where it's somewhere between let's say nine and fourteen points. So I you know, I think it's one of those classic feel each other out in the first half. I think when it's all said and done, Georgia just way too much firepower. If I was forced to say it, I'd say Georgia minus the fourteen tonight. I, I think it ends up being you, you know, you, a 17-point victory, yeah, something like that. You, I'd lay the points, too. Final, yeah. final thing. I, well, I don't want to do it tonight because we got too much to do. But, and I'm serious about this, the storyline of Florida State being left for dead. We made fun of the fact they're playing Duquesne because that may be one team they can beat. And Mike Norvell on the hot seat and the quarterback, who I didn't think had a very good arm, they're going to open the season ranked fifth or sixth. Yeah. That, that's an amazing – honestly, that's an amazing story in four months. There's no question. And they're all coming back. You know, yeah. outside of Jamie Robinson and uh, Trashard yeah, Ward. Verse is coming back. Yeah, I know he is. And, you know, I mean, back when they weren't supposed to get paid, or yeah. at least legally yeah. they weren't getting paid, yeah. you know, I, I wondered about Dion coming back and Peter Warwick coming back and Warwick Dunn coming back and Andre Wadsworth coming back. But this one was a surprise to me because look where he came from. Albany wasn't highly recruited, has a big year. Every mock has him as a you know a, a late first-round pick. But Mike Norvell and Florida State got him the return, so I'm not going to be one complaining. I think some of your cash must be that out <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Rick. There you go. Rick Falou goes into the night uh, as soon as we get out of here. That'll do it for our program. Oh, what fun times it is around here. Playoff madness. You got your Jaguar dress on, for crying out loud. I've worn this every Monday since this winning streak began. I did not know that. Yeah. That's, other, that's how observant. Yeah, the other dress was the one arm. That's the dress that I brought for Taylor for Halloween. Okay, so there's that. It's hanging up. That'll do it for our program. Don't go anywhere. Rick Ballou is next. For Hayes, Lauren, and Gibby, I'm Frank Frangie. So long. The Jacksonville Jaguars are going to win this thing on a defensive play by Josh Allen. The teams are shaking hands. Eight seconds to play. The Jacksonville Jaguars have not won a division title. They were two and six. They were three and seven. It didn't matter. We have hit zeros. The Jaguars have beaten the Tennessee Titans. They just swept them for the first time since 2005. Jacksonville 20, Tennessee 16. The Jags win the AFC South. The Jags have a home game in the NFL playoffs. How good is that?